everybody! My name is Alexander Kazina, and I want to welcome one, welcome all, to an extra special episode of Press YYZ, your favorite Canadian, Canadian, <laughs> your favorite Canadian gaming podcast. No, your favorite Canadian <laughs> gaming podcast. Can copyright that? You can watch the show... <laughs> You know what? We might actually be able to. We should look into that. Uh, you can watch the show weekly on youtube.com slash pressyz, live on twitch.tv slash pressyz, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or you can listen to it on your own time on your podcast service of choice. We appreciate however it is you choose to support the show, but if you don't have any loonies or toonies to toss our way, we will be here no matter what. Before we get started, remember, as always, to be good to each other. Discrimination of any kind, be it over one's race, gender, sexual orientation, or anything else, will not be tolerated within our community. Tonight, I have a full-studded cast of beautiful characters here to have one rumptious romp with me tonight. I am joined by the one and only Alex Ballant. I'm proud to be a Canadian gamer. The head of HR, Nathan McInerney. Ahoy hoy. Mr. Mitch George, the one and only. I am okay with that. <laughs> okay. Time's hero, the hero of time. So does this mean we get to say I just game in my pants this time? Definitely not. Do you not start say, saying that. You can say whatever you happen. want. How do we include girthy it, in that at the same time? Oh, it's a girthy game in my pants. <laughs> and finally, last but not least, a very special extra tubular guest, Mr. Alex O'Neill. Hello, Alex. Hey. Hey. Nice to have you today. I'm here. I was going to say something about gaming, but I chose not to. <laughs> Probably Did I ruin that for you? when it comes to this podcast, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was Alex. like, we should probably ask the head of HR on that, and because apparently everyone has very nice titles. And then he was like, "Girth." I was like, "All right, I think we know where we stand." It's a running gag, and I hate it, so they keep it going. It's fine. <laughs> yep. Now, before I get into anything, um, I just realized I called it your name, Alex, Alex O'Neill, because I wanted to ask you about who you are and what you do. But I realized as I was saying that that it could get a little bit confusing, considering that there are literally four other Alexes on this podcast. Now, mind you, they always call me Cozy. They always call AJ, AJ. Um, but we always naturally call Alex Ballant, Alex. So, Alexo. is it okay? Yeah, just call me Alex Alexo. Alexa. Or we just call Alexa. Okay. I was like, gonna, that's like your supervillain name, Alexa. That's like the, if I was some kind of AI companion, that is the word that you would say to activate me. <laughs> or what, what, is your, so. what is your nobody name? Uh, I Listen, I've, I've, gone, I've gone that route. We're, we don't have to talk about that. It's always like it just ends up being like Axel, but with two X's there. <laughs> it's like he's just too yeah. cool. I just get, can I just be him? I mean, yeah. What's my nobody yeah. name? Um, Xanthanix. We'll find out when you're norted. Don't worry. Xantax. <laughs> Xanatha. Yeah, Xantax. All right. Xantax. Alexo, because that's what we all decided we're going to be calling you this Xantana. evening. Who are you and what do you do? Say somebody listens to, they're, you know, they get on the bus uh, in the city and they happen to hear Press YZ being, you know, burst through a boom box that somebody is randomly playing at full volume and they don't we'll do just... That. 
have any conception of who you are. Who are if you? Anyone is doing that right now. Yourself? I want to apologize on the behalf of the person that's making you bl- your ears bleed by having to listen to us at full volume. Yeah, but first off, let's talk about what a great marketing campaign. I mean, you really gave me gonna say, out there with that kind of. Thing. Let's just stand outside of people's windows with boomboxes over our heads, like the end of that one movie. And the streets of Toronto are going crazy we, for boomboxes. That's how we profess our love. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's nineteen ninety four again, and we're here yeah. with boomboxes. Only they play podcasts. Um, I, I, my name is Alex. Hi. Hello. Uh, I, I talk about video games. I've been doing it for a long time. So people seem to have started to pay attention to it. So, uh, I, I host a podcast called rational passions podcast. Uh, and I'm also a, a privy to many other things over on irrationalpassions.com. Uh, and it's not just me just to, to be clear. I never say this enough. Like I do like the least amount of work there. So <laughs> I'm just the, the loud one that talks a lot. So. Uh, I would very much appreciate it. We do a lot of a lot of stuff on YouTube. We stream every week on Twitch. The usual. Uh, it's a bunch of dudes. You guys get it. As uh, our yeah. resident cool. loud one, I appreciate someone else, you know, feeling the, out that same kind of, you know, niche within their group. Yeah, I was just the first one. So, it, you oh, know, okay. I had to be loudest for longest. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> we, it started in uh, July 2010. So it's been we've been going for a hot minute. Uh, and I'm and I'm pretty proud of that. I think you know we've got a a good group of folks: Mike, Quinn, Jarrett, Scott, uh, and then on the podcast, uh, Scott Cuthier and Tony Horvath with me as well. So uh, it's a good group of folks, and uh, we've had a lot of folks come through, and and probably more folks in the future. And uh, I think we do cool stuff. That's it's not you know it's not about news. It's more about like actually talking about our feelings. That is more my jam. Uh, so that is what you're going to find on that site. So. That's awesome. I will say you're very humble in your description, but I have, you know, checked out your website from time to time and you've got some pretty great ass articles there and a really real, real great graphic design for the overall layout of your website as well. Yeah. I, so could I see you in that regard. I I'm very, <laughs> I'd rather be humble than anything else. Right. But like I, it is just a very good WordPress, uh, you know, format uh, theme there. Uh, but it, it, that's always been an important thing to me. Like I've always had, I've wanted it to look a certain way and I've, I've always kept the website in my mind as opposed to like, I, I feel like a lot of more modern folks just have a YouTube channel or they just have a Twitch page. And that, and that makes sense. Uh, this is just some kind of like stuck in the old ways thing for me. And I, it's important to me. God, I feel so called out. <laughs> it <laughs> just been, means we're bonding on... we're sl- we're quietly bonding while while i'm just talking because that's fairly how it works exactly no we've been parked on domains basically since this whole thing started over a year ago and have done nothing with them to this point so we really do, yeah but uh, like that's something i want to take lead on at some point and get that all off the ground so it's it's good to hear that there's still people out there fighting the good fight when it comes to proper web design yeah. Do you think that, like, before we get the website set up properly, we could just have the domain redirect to something else? Like, I'm pretty sure I created a website at one point that. called, like, peepersandpoopers.com, and it's just, like, a picture of a gun pointed at a toilet or something. That <laughs> sounds awful. You just you just but have yeah, it redirect I'm... to all of your uh, ad links that you say yeah, on, your, on your streams. I, yeah, I should probably do that. I also I created a a website in high school we did this like thing where each of the graduating classes had to set up a booth and sell like food products and I our booth was selling chicken wings and I set up this website for our chicken wing company and it was like a bunch of chicken wings that dropped down it's all animated in like flash or whatever 
I think we, I'm pretty sure that's still up somewhere. If we can link to that, I'd be all down for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how IPP started. It was IPPodcast.net was the original website, and I started it in high school, and it was fucking trash. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all the right. fact you say you started that in high school and I started university in 2010 makes me feel old as balls. Hey, man, that's how I usually feel. I was just doing a podcast with a bunch of kids and I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that's how I, that's how I, I don't know about you, Nathan. That's how I feel doing this every week. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, just a quick bit of housekeeping. Uh, YYZ's video's review of Ratatouille will be going up on YouTube this upcoming Friday. Go check it out. Uh, a special guest may have appeared on that podcast as well. Who is it? You'll have to tune in to find out. Uh, without further ado, let's get into what we've been up to this week. Um, I want to start off with a topic that, for once, I think pretty much everybody here at the table will have something to say about, which is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, it's been a little while since we've talked about uh, Marvel's ongoing streaming shows. Uh, way back when, we talked about WandaVision while it was midway through the season or so i think it was Roughly. like episode five or six yeah yeah it was yeah, closer to the but, end i think but yeah 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 uh so i've been meaning uh to kind of give ourselves a opportunity to gush about marvel streaming content again and i figure what a better time than right now before the finale uh mitch yes sir i feel like we've been a little bit unfair towards you making you feel old for the past five i'm or doing so it to minutes, myself so. it's fine <laughs> let's we'll give you an opportunity to give yourself a self pick me up and falcon and winter soldier is so goddamn good i'm so happy this is a thing uh i actually think i might like it more than wandavision to be honest i think some of the some of the themes and some of the topics that they're approaching is something that we haven't really seen Popular media do up to this point. Marvel's definitely shied away from a lot of the, the you know, racial tension in the U.S. and what it really means to symbolize being Captain America as a black man with Steve having given Sam the the shield at the end of Avengers Endgame. Um, I, I Spoilers. love what they're doing. I cannot... That movie came out, what, two years ago? I'm just saying. Three? Maybe people don't know that. If they don't, then they shouldn't be listening to us talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's... It's really good. I'm really happy. I cannot. I'm so disappointed that we have to wait until June for the next Marvel series, which is uh, Loki. But we've got the Bad Batch in between. So there's still some Disney Plus content uh, to consume. And honestly, for me, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Disney Plus is my most used streaming service because I fall asleep watching Marvel movies every night or we'll throw on something with a Disney princess or something. I mean, we're not really watching Pixar because we're saving those uh, watches for Pixar and review on YYZ video. You can check out every other week at youtube.com slash press YYZ. Um, but I'm so happy that this is a thing. So happy. Yeah, I, I echo a lot of what you're saying. And, you know, you make a, a good point about this show tackling themes and subject matter that we rarely see um, Marvel or Disney or most of the major film distributors really tackle. Uh, like, we have seen films in the past from Marvel and Disney, you know, broach these sorts of topics of discussion, but not in a way that is so like overt and straight into the point in the way that uh, this show has, especially with uh, the most recent penultimate episode of the show. And, and we're going to avoid spoilers. Alex, hasn't seen that. It yet. Alex yeah. God damn, this is going to be. <laughs> well, I'm Alexo, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Sorry. I forgot we had Alexo here with us today. 
Yeah. Is that the like, brother? That's not yeah. confusing. The brother from Assassin's Creed. Kind of. It sounds like it. Alexio. Uh, Alexio. Yeah, Ale- it's Alexio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just curious, Alex. Are you like just an episode behind us? Are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I just haven't watched the most recent one that has debuted. Okay. Hmm. Watch it. I. Yeah, I. I, I w- I'm. I'm planning on it. Don't worry. <laughs> so, um, you you mentioned that you think you might like it more than Wandavision, and you know, I started off um a little, especially coming off off of the high that was, you know, the entire entire run of what the fuck is going on in WandaVision? Um, you know, I, I started off a little, oh, it's like we're back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity, you know, that sort of thing. But Lose yourself, um, all that jazz, yep. Yeah, all that stuff. Uh, for me, personally, um, you know, as relevant as it is um, to, to reality and uh, recent events and whatnot, I, I still feel like I'm connecting more with WandaVision as uh, somebody who does deal with a, a, a good out of depression uh just emotionally and whatnot and so seeing seeing grief realized in such such a way i just connect with that a little bit more but that doesn't mean that i'm not enjoying the hell out of falcon and the winter soldier all of a sudden for sure i've been on this weird ride with it where up until the last episode um i have like it's been okay but it's not been I was waking up like early in the morning to watch the WandaVision episodes because I didn't want to have something spoiled. And it kind of brought the feeling of like watching Lost back in the day to me about like Mm -hmm. the mysteries that were going on and talking about everything. And I feel like that's absent in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, Now, this last episode, definitely there's going to be some conversation pieces as we go into the final episode. Um, no, no questions about that, but just as a series for me, I think WandaVision hit a little bit harder just cause from a TV, this felt like a longer movie and not necessarily a TV series that they spaced hmm. out. Hmm. So, yeah, it does. It does feel a lot more grounded to your, to your guys points. I think it's kind of nice though. It's kind of like a return to like, it, it's comfort food. Marvel for me at this point, the MCU is comfort food and this, very much feels like that where WandaVision was what the hell is going on this is very much I understand this it's it's familiar it's comfort comforting and then they're also tackling some really interesting story beats along the way I just rem- Alexo oh sorry go ahead oh sorry uh, I didn't mean to interrupt there I was just gonna say I just uh, even remember us in our discord group talking about WandaVision every week and mm-hmm. like all yeah, that chatter not just as much with this yeah all that chatter has kind of just disappeared like we don't have those conversations about the show and i think they'll come back with loki because loki once again looks off the wall again um but it's those conversations i miss and i don't know what about this show doesn't lead to those conversations where we would have them honestly what i think what i really do think it is and this is like this is what the weirdest thing about falcon winter soldier is for me because i am thoroughly enjoying a lot of it and it feels like there are so many great elements to it i think the character, this is the first time I feel like really get to actually know either of these characters, like both uh, Sam Wilson or Bucky Barnes. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like the movies have kind of sidelined them pretty, like, sidelined who they actually are as people yep. quite a bit. So to get a whole, like, in-depth 
um, dive into like who they are is really cool. I think the cinematography is incredible. I think some of the action is awesome. But then it's like, then when you break down like the plot, the plot is kind of doesn't really like, it feels like all the other elements and pieces are so good. And then the plot is just kind of not, it doesn't feel, I feel like there's something missing that it's like, okay, well, what actually is like the plan with like the, the antagonist? And it just doesn't feel like there's a lot like when you like break down like beat uh the beats of the the show it just feels like like it doesn't really make sense but then all the other elements around it and the characters are fantastic and kind of makes up for it so i did feel that way towards the beginning then i kind of started to understand what the antagonists were really trying to do and like the whole thing of oh i make the world like it was during the blip half of the world's population vanished and mm-hmm. people started to take up the space in the world that was taken up by those people. You know, people were able to thrive in a world that otherwise would have been overoccupied. And then everyone came back and all those people who had spread out are now displaced. Suddenly displaced. Yeah. yeah. And it's it really does an interesting job of exploring what happens after such a cataclysmic shift, both with fewer people and then everyone coming back. I think as, as I kind of started thinking more about it, I could sympathize a little more with the flag smashers. And that's kind of where I've started to really enjoy the, the back and forth and the plot and the way it's developed. But uh, we've been talking mm-hmm. a lot, Alexa, what are you, uh, yeah. how are you feeling about all this? I, I, I feel like I'm probably easier to please when it comes to TV and movies, just in general, just cause I don't really watch a lot of them at all. Uh, so the ones that I do catch, I'm, I'm more into, and I've, I've definitely really loved the Falcon Winter Soldier. I, I really loved WandaVision as well in a very different way. I just, I think I like that this is so different than that, uh, thematically, just because I, I like the variety that, that they're kind of introducing here, but I've always also, and I've, I've certainly learned better about myself more recently that I've been a, a, a kind of character first storytelling perspective. And I think Falcon Winter Soldier definitely takes that head on. It is a struggle to empathize with the Flag Flag Smashers, especially because we only really know like three of them and there's eight of them. um, And the other ones just kind of walk around and look tough, uh, which is a bummer, (laughs) Uh, which I I, that thought hadn't crossed my mind until this most recent episode. Uh, But I like I appreciate that the the enemy that they're kind of fighting back against is so nebulous and so understanding it and trying to like even get a grasp of how would you deal with this is you know of itself nebulous so i appreciate how confusing it is clearly for them to to kind of go back against it but moreover just like the the surprises I've had with the show are have always been like something that Sam or Bucky says or went through, uh, and just getting their perspective on things is really great, and and leaning into uh, just the the more subtle storytelling of of understanding the kind of person that Sam Wilson is uh, is is just wonderful, and it's very powerful and poignant, and it's one of those other things that the MCU does great of just like retroactively making the aspects of characters that you maybe took for granted or didn't notice as much like the whole thing uh and in a great way and seeing sam kind of not change at all he's always just been his his static self but like 
work through whatever he's working through throughout the series has been really, really great. Yeah, there's all these little quiet character moments. Like that one line from Bucky, I think it was episode two, the the line about the Hobbit and just mm. like the, the effort yeah. they put in to be like, he said the Hobbit because the Lord of the Ring books hadn't been released yet. And it's just like that the little the little things, the little touches Marvel adds in that just become these character moments. There's one in this episode I won't mention because Alex hasn't seen it um, with Bucky. I think they've done a really good job of fleshing out his character. I think Sebastian Stan has been a standout in this entire series. Yeah, I don't think he makes it through the finale. Why? Oh no! Interesting. I think this oh. series was Bucky's swan song. I think Sebastian Stan is done after that episode. Oh, That's no. my big WTF moment. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> oh, Alex. Also, since you haven't watched yet, and for yes. anyone else who hasn't seen the most recent episode, warning you now: there is a post-credit scene, so do stay around for that. Oh yeah, and I'm assuming the finale will also have post-credit scenes in some form. They need to start Similarly warning people. To WandaVision. Yeah. So what I always do every morning, every Friday morning, my wife and I wake up and we watch it before work because I'm a lunatic. And as soon as the episode ends, I go to the Marvel Studios subreddit and there's a pinned post because we're on the East Coast. So everyone's already seen it like four or five hours earlier. And the pinned first pinned comment in that post is, are there post credit scenes or not? And mm. I really do appreciate that. So shout out to the Marvel Studios subreddit for that. I just fast forward a few seconds every episode and confirm. <laughs> you could do that too. They're good people. So we may not know what fate ultimately will befall the Winter Soldier. However... We already do know the life and death, or rather hypothetical death, depending on how you play through the game, of one Cole McGrath, the hero of the Infamous series by Sucker Punch. And I bring that up because yesterday I decided, you know what, I want to do something ahead of tonight's podcast, do something that I can talk a little bit about. Um, recently, Alex O'Neill, um, I decided to assemble a list of all the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita games that I want to download before the PlayStation 3 and Vita stores close later the this summer. The great purging of 2021, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And a game that was very high priority on my PlayStation 3 list was Infamous Festival of Blood, the standalone DLC to Infamous 2, where Cole gets bitten by a vampire and has to use his newfound vampiric powers to conquer the night and return to being a human mortal. Uh, And yeah, it was kind of a steal at only $5. And let me tell you, it was a surprisingly good ass time. Um, I will say, you know, there was a bit of an adjustment period coming back to this game because this is a PlayStation 3 game uh, from, uh, you know, ye old year of yore. Uh, But once I kind of adjusted to, you know, the way that controls felt and, you know, the slight lack of quality of life things that you would come to expect from the game of its era, I had quite the time. I would say my only two little things I'd say nagged me the most throughout my experience playing it were frame rate wise, the game does hiccup from time to time. You know, this is a semi open world game with lots of physics destruction stuff going on that can make things, you know, like I said, jolt here and there. Uh, but also the color palette for the game is not, super conducive to a super coherent experience, especially again, when the game is chugging a lot. Um, This was kind of a quadruple threat of, you know, this game came out during that period of time in the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 generation, where you had a lot of games that were 
swimming in browns and grays and blacks in terms of their color palette. Um, this game, on top of all that, you know, is an occult-themed game. It's all based around vampires and creatures of the night. On top of that, it takes place entirely at night uh, and or underground. And on top of that, uh, if you recall, when you are near mortal danger in Infamous or die, uh, the screen gradually fades to grayscale and eventually black. So it can be real, real tough from time to time to uh grab a bearing of what it is that is going on around you but that aside i had just a good fun time and uh like all good dlc from the playstation 3 360 era this game is quite short in terms of its length in and out i know some people don't typically like that but i think generally you don't want your dlcs to overstay their welcome and in that regard the game very much pleased me you um... i didn't know did anybody just curious who else here has played this dlc i've played it i've not i haven't played the original infamouses i've only actually played second i should have yeah because i love all three games in the series but i just never i think i started festival of blood but never finished it because i'm bad about that that's like my biggest gaming you know failure or not failure but uh my biggest game i was gonna say i mean is that i start stuff and i don't finish it Mm. got it I, I thought you were about to say your biggest pet peeve is that you never finished Infamous Festival. Of no, no, I just I have a really bad habit of not finishing games that I start, but I'm going to finish Halo, Alex. I promise. You better. Infamous Festival of Blood is a good time, but it's also like you don't have to beat yourself over the head for not having finished it. So you just you just remind you reminded me um, off the start there when um, it it's been ten years since the great PSN outage and 10 years after that, they are literally on purpose outing PSN for the, for the same console and their make good was the original infamous for free. Right. I remember uh, there was it, one, it one was of one of the goods. options. Yeah. One of the yeah. options. It's the one I chose, but I never got around to playing it, unfortunately, but I didn't play my PS3 that much, but. Yeah, you just it just it just all clicked in my head that oh wow, t- exactly ten years later, they're actually gonna just shut it all down. Yeah, I was talking about the uh, the PSN outage on the podcast, the IPP we recorded last night. Just like, can you yeah. imagine if the PlayStation Network shut down for six months today, the world would be on fire. It would oh be chaos God. in the streets. Was this Nerds would months? be killing each other. It was like forty days, right? I think it was five months. It, it was, was from yeah, it was no, from it was, February was, to summer. Yeah, I, I remember it, it shut like down the it shut down the Friday after uh, Mortal Kombat Nine and Portal Two came out. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. So it, it shut down, which I guess was, also end would have ended Steam's run on doing console based. Um, yeah, the whole because they had. They had like a two PS- on PS3. Yeah, they thing. had that whole and log in with your Steam account or something like that on PS3, yep. and and you couldn't do it. So that just so killed that. It went down April twentieth of twenty eleven, and April it started well, coming longer. started coming back up uh, May fourteenth. Okay, hmm. I know I know it was it was like spring to summer or of that time to summer. I don't know why I thought it was February, but yeah, that was a wild time. If that happened today. Cool. There would be no. Oh, that would like kill PlayStation. 
Yeah. 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 Like this yeah. is this is the 10 year anniversary of that happening. It was literally this week, 10 years ago, that the PSN Jeez. went down for a month. With one of the it best was episodes definitely of felt podcast like beyond ever. Oh my yeah. god. Probably <laughs> absolutely. I uh I actually just realized I um I got my PlayStation 3 at the very beginning of 2011. <laughs> this is a story that we've all heard here on the podcast before. I got it to get the PlayStation 3 version of Mass Effect 2 which launched in February of that year. And the thing is is that I was still like I was not really playing games online on my PlayStation 3 at the time and I was still finishing up some of the last trickle of Wii games that were on that console. So the outage did not really affect me personally at the time, but I, I still very much kept abreast of it as it was going on, like the it, rest of everyone else here. It 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 definitely um, did wonders for my Xbox superiority complex that I had. <laughs> um, did you say and, had or have? Because I gotta listen, say, it listen. hasn't waned much. I'm just saying you should be able to access videos that you record on your PlayStation through the PlayStation app, and it doesn't do that. Should say, oh, when when something gets I just updated don't for videos the, of the games I play, that is a when something gets experience. updated for next gen. It should be just it should just work. That version should just work. You it should, should be just, able to just, just play that version. You should just be able to play it. And no, do you no guys problems. remember the? Do you remember the Welcome Back program? Yes. Like to apologize for the PSN coming back, they gave everyone free games. Yeah, I got the first image yeah. from that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yep. It was. Um, do you remember what other games were part of that? Oh, it's just no, Little, Little Big Planet. Planet. One was one of them. Little Big Planet. Uh, there was. Yep. What was the PSP game that was like? You were like in a car Modern and you were fighting Racers? people. No, that's the different. Pursuit game. No. Force. No. Pursuit Force. That's the one. Yep. I got that one. I, yeah, I played look, it like once. I'm, I'm like, looking at the list right now. PS3 games. Were Dead Nation, Infamous, Little Big Planet, oh, Super Stardust HD, and Wipeout HD plus Fury. And on the PSP, two of it was any little. Two of it was them. yeah, any two of them. And on the PSP, it was Little Big Planet, Mod Nation Racers, Pursuit Force, and Killzone Liberation. I got Killzone Liberation in Pursuit I didn't have a Force. And yeah, I played I played both those games once, and I was like, all right, I'm good. Uh, I did, however, play a lot of Super Stardust HD, and that was the other game I got on my PlayStation Three, and that was that a so jam back in the day. Um, I had the I had almost everything in Little Big Planet One just before my PlayStation Three yellow lighted. Oh, I had the same thing. I 100 percent of my save file, and then my yellow light of death kicked in, and I lost that entire yeah. save file. I, I was I was maybe two trophies from the platinum, and then I never played Ooh. that game again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's oh, no. it's tough. Yeah. yeah, I think the yellow light kicked in on my PS3. Uh, it was The Last of Us. The Last of Us killed my PlayStation Three. I could only get like thirty minutes of gameplay, and then it would oh. yellow light. So I played that game in thirty minute increments. It was nice. awful. That's how I played Super Mario Sunshine because I like destroyed my GameCube's like CD reader lens. <laughs> so I played it in thirty minute increments. <laughs> I was going to say, too, with the outage, um, they gave everybody a month of PS Plus for free, I believe. Yeah. And that's where I signed on to PS Plus and never not had it again. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of people came in. I, I came into that day one, and I remember of that year, 2011, uh, Stacking was the first game that yeah. came day and date free with it, and I fucking love that game. That game is so dang good, dude. Shatter was on it, and I wish I'd played Shatter. Maybe I should still play Shatter. Dude, it's That's on I got Steam. Shatter as well. I, bought, I bought it there because I wanted to play it again, and it's still really good. I don't like Shatter, but it is worth it for the soundtrack. Oh, my God. The soundtrack is a bop for sure. Hmm. 
Speaking of soundtracks, Alexo. <laughs> you can tell I was about to say Alex, but I had to add the O at the end. Either uh, way. Alexo, how's the soundtrack in Monster Hunter Rise? It's actually really great. Uh, it, there's a lot of, there's like a title screen music, uh, with one of the main characters like singing. There's a lot of music with her singing in it and it's, it's very melodic and, and chill. Uh, otherwise Monster Hunter Rise, what a, what a force to reckon with. I did not expect to fall in love with this game as much as I did. Has anyone else played any Monster Hunters? No. I've I've played uh I played some of Monster Hunter World because I was uh sold on the fact that it seemed to be like the most approachable of them. Mm-hmm. Um and and my understanding of this one is it was kind of made in tandem uh to an extent with with World. Um and so it's not exactly it didn't really learn le- or improve upon things in World. It kind of went its own direction in terms of um accessibility and approachability. Um, for people who are not into Monster Hunter. But um, yeah. Monster Hunter World, I didn't play... I, I played a good number of hours of it, but I didn't get very far because I found, um, you know, there were just still too many... In a very, um, I'll, I'll say, like, Animal Crossing-like way, little idiosyncrasies that could have just been ironed out and were, like, unnecessary little... Um, menus that you had to access and things you had to accept or not accept um uh little dialogue options that you had to yeah there's a lot of (laughs) pop-ups just just those little idiosyncrasies like you could streamline line this so well and it would it, it it probably would have kept me in for a lot longer but then what ultimately um i ended up dropping it for was you know trying to trying to do a a certain certain hunts like multiple times and not understanding the strategy that was required and which was something completely away from what i had built myself for um and you know on top of the time limit per hunt and it was just sort of a it kind of perfect storm a perfect storm of uh yeah, I don't want to you know deal what? with this anymore. <laughs> this, this is a lot better. Uh, I just don't feel like th- I'm just not having any fun anymore with it. So, but sure, yeah. World was exciting uh, at the time for sure. Yeah, I I came in on World. Uh, that was my first Monster Hunter, and I played through to credit to that game, which is apparently just half of it. That's there's like high <laughs> rank after it, uh, and and that is kind of the more difficult version of things. But it's also where more difficult monsters show up. Uh, I so I was kind of surprised that I got into World, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll be honest. What sold me was the there's a Digital Foundry video on it, and John Linnerman just went ham on it. Just gives an, a great little history lesson wow. uh, for Rise, and and it it really sold me. And getting into it, it's it's cool because World is that more accessible game, and it kind of did its job here, where like World has onboarded me now, where I I just get it. So now coming into Rise where it does not care if you get it or not, it's just like, here you are, just do it, I guess. Uh, I, I, I understand enough of to kind of get my feet wet and then, then dive in. So going from there, all the things that stick out that really work for Rise in the unique front, like the, the Palamutes, which are a new companion that it's basically a dog mount uh, that you can run on. And running on it kind of doesn't consume stamina, so you're 
able to get around the map a lot faster, but also you can sharpen your blade while on the back of a Palamute. You can buff yourself, you can take potions. So while you're kind of in route to the hunt or uh, trying to chase the monster to catch up again, you can prep yourself uh, while moving. It just makes everything feel much faster. And on top of that, they have these, this wire bug mechanic where you can kind of grapple around freely uh, with these wire bugs at short range, uh, which allows for stuff like aerial recoveries when the no monster knocks you off your feet uh, to kind of get back into the action a lot faster. Uh, and also lets you do special moves and things like that uh, and break climbing the environment in a way that feels like you're going places you shouldn't, which I always love in video games. Uh, but they're definitely there for you to take advantage of. It's really cool. I'm I'm impressed at how different it is, honestly. But it's not different in any of the ways that would make it a worse experience if you're coming from world. It's just faster, yeah. more to the point, and and really satisfying. How how does it how does the switch actually handle it, like performance wise? Incredibly well. I'm flabbergasted sometimes when. I have I'm in a party of four and they have four palamutes there and we're all hitting a monster and three of the dogs are on the monster and it's still you know it's holding steady at, at 30 fps I wish it you know ran faster obviously I'm ruined by new consoles but uh, it, it still looks really great for what it is uh, and you know once your eyes adjust it's not too bad uh, and it's just steady plus the, the online like lobby system is like flawless and I've barely had a connection issue in it. I don't know how that happened, but Capcom figured it out, I guess. Uh, and that's that's high praise for a Nintendo Switch game. Hmm. It's great. Speaking of stellar online experiences, Nathan, you've been playing a lot more Fall Guys 4041 over on twitch.tv slash pressyz, correct? Yes, I uh, played a little bit more of it last week. I had a good time with it. Um, I'm trying to figure out what the right thing to be streaming weekly is, and I don't know if it's the same thing every week or if I be, should be switching it up. Um, but Fall Guys is always a good time when you jump in. So, still working through that season did pass. Any, did you get any crowns that that stream? No, I got close to one, but uh, didn't quite get oh. there. So, for the record, uh, Alexo, Nathan here is a savant when it comes to Fall Guys. And mm -hmm. you, you know that he's a savant because I tried to pronounce it in the French way, which is <laughs> where you don't really pronounce the T at the end. Yeah, it's a savant. Uh, so I would say you shouldn't be super down on yourself, Nathan, because you some of the achievements that you've talked about uh, accomplishing in this game in the past are <laughs> nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, it's one of those things where I knew this game like the back of my hand when it first launched and like I got over 50 crowns in the first few months of playing um or a month or two of playing i like I, I stacked up a good amount of wins i haven't won since starting with the 4041 season i've gotten close a few times but honestly part of it's there's a ton of new levels that i'm not really familiar with after months of being away from the game so it's still a good time and this is probably the most time i've invested in an online multiplayer game ever so I don't know. I like it. It's still a good time. It's still fun to jump in and out of for games. Um, and for a game that costs me nothing on PlayStation Plus and continues to provide free new content, because uh, there were people who were telling me that all the new content was going to be pay, pay locked. They've just done DLC costumes and that's, and you can buy the kudos and stuff, but they like the entire game has been pretty solid. I'm curious to see now that Epic owns Mediatonic, 
um, what does this look like for going forward in terms of crossover costumes? Because they've had some really cool stuff from indie games, but like they got the new Godzilla in one of the costumes. They've got some other stuff too. So, um, will I be streaming that this Thursday or tomorrow? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, in addition to Fall Guys, you've also been busy in a little game by the name of Tony Hawk for the PlayStation 5, correct? Yes, uh, I downloaded the PlayStation 5 update for Tony Hawk. Um, I'm now two trophies away from the Platinum. So I finally went back and got all the gaps. And um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this podcast called Kind of Funny uh, Games Daily. Never heard of it. Um, yeah but i was listening to tim getty say he got all the hard get there's and i was like wait if tim can do this i can do this um (laughs) turns out i still cannot get the hard get there's i'm still trying and i'm working my way through them um because they are really hard uh but i fell in in love with this game at uh, 4k 60 frames per second i kind of wish i had a tv that was capable of 120 frames per second um because that would look amazing it's nice mm. i'll tell you it's magical yeah it takes you to a new world uh i keep <laughs> trying to tell work to give me a tv and they won't give me a tv yet um Weird. so but yeah no uh, tony hawk uh really good The one of the updates that they did was once you finish the career mode it was kind of felt empty like you could go in with other skaters to the levels just to find their stat points um so they gave you an option to uh, basically redo the career mode and all the checkpoints and everything with every single skater. So I'm kind of redoing that and working on the best ways and the quickest ways to do this. Like this is the entire warehouse level done in two minutes um, in the one. So all the checkpoints uh, within that period um, so that I can try and get some of those challenges unlocked because there's this huge grind. I don't know why they created a get to a level 100 trophy um, for like the like the level that you're playing at but then made it insanely hard and they don't even have enough challenges in the game to get to a level 100 for the experience points you earn you kind of just still have to grind it out a huge amount Mm. um grind it out grinding it skateboarding term yeah yeah it's a girthy game that you got to grind um grind that girth but yeah, no. So like I said, it's it's a ton of fun. It's a good upgrade. Uh, there's small things that it does, like you can get into the game quickly with the action cards. Um, when the haptic feedback, when cars or buses or something are going to come and hit you, you can feel it in the controller as they're getting closer and the haptics get heavier as it gets closer. Um, the triggers like lock down if you've wiped out and when you're trying to do reverts and stuff. So uh yeah no it's a it's a really good ps5 upgrade looks great runs really smooth um and they took good uh like they did the best with the ps5 upgrades that one of the best that i've seen out of them so far so if you have tony hawk um and you purchase that digital deluxe edition it's free for you if not you got to pay 10 bucks i think the 10 bucks is worth it so I, I picked up the digital deluxe when it was on sale over the holidays, yep. hoping that it would be something I'd get to. And I, I booted it up. I thought I'd love this because I used to love playing these games. And nothing really, it didn't really click for whatever reason. So I might give it another shot now, knowing that these upgrades are there and sound phenomenal. Yeah. Give, give it a try. Uh, if you want to jump into multiplayer at some point, let me know. <laughs> Speaking of multiplayer, AJ. Any update uh, with regards to the Outriders experience? Yeah, I'm I'm in the end game now. 
Um, and I'm still having a bunch of fun with it. I think the last boss in the story campaign is just utter trash and fucking bullshit. Um, it's, yeah. uh, you should, you should be able to balance yourself in such a way that, not balance yourself, like build your character in such a way that it feels fair and balanced and like, it doesn't, it just feels needlessly hard. Um, it's just, it's, it, it's a dude and he spawns these balls that shoot things at you at, at the very last boss. And it's just so we, I, I started it with a friend at world tier 15, bumped it down to 12. We still couldn't do it. Bumped it down to 10 world tier 10. We still couldn't do it. Keep in mind, these are like difficulty settings. Um, we bumped it down, and we, which we were geared for as well, like the highest possible gear that we could have at that world tier level. Um, we were uh, then we bumped it down to five, um, and still, for whatever reason, the downscaling just it it couldn't work. It didn't work well, and it it was it was atrocious. Um, and then um, we I, I eventually caved and just said. Fuck it. World tier one, which is like baby ass baby mode for the story sort of thing. And we just melted his both of his forms in less than a minute. And yeah. was... you didn't want to do world tier two, for example. No, it didn't. No, no, it didn't. Not you you didn't it. feel like he deserved even that respect. Huh? No, no, he, he did not. Nothing, deserve that respect. There is nothing wrong with playing a game on an easier difficulty. Absolutely I don't know. I, I, not. I, I, but there's, there's, there's something wrong with doing that. If, yeah. Like, yeah, that that's my complaint. Is there there's a weird scaling issue where it felt like we were doing more damage to him um at world tier ten than we were at world tier five. It, it there's a lot of things that make it just straight up a 360 era B game uh in that regard. Um but mm. yeah. Finally did it, and now we've unlocked Expeditions, which are the replayability, so you can just... Which allow you to unlock even higher level gear uh, to move forward. Um, and you can get... You know get, what that sounds can, like? It sounds like... Uh, Destiny? Don't make me say it. Don't make me say it. Don't say Anthem. it. Don't say it. Anthem. Don't say it. Is it Anthem? Marvel's yeah, Avengers. Yeah, it's probably Anthem. Yeah, it's probably Anthem. Yeah, Marvel's, Marvel's Anthem. goddamn Avengers, AJ, and you Marvel's know Anthem. It. Yeah, maybe um no it's i i don't know what it is that grabbed me about this and not avengers a property that i actually do like and care for i don't know maybe it's because it's not the movie universe uh, they're in bringing in avengers. mcu um knockoff skins that's gonna happen this year i thought they already did that when they're, they launched it no no <laughs> no these are gonna be mcu accurate skins and not mcu oh, okay. skins okay um they didn't use the stunt doubles this time you mean not this time got no. it okay no um it i don't know what it is that that's grabbing me about it i'm just having just enough fun with the loop um and and trying to progressively get better i think i found it like a good build for my um pyromancer not pyromancer uh technomancer pyromancer is still dead they have not got, come through with that make good yet um but yeah it uh it alex ballant are yes. you still playing it 
Uh, I haven't touched it in a little bit since since having completed it. Um, but yeah, I do fully agree that there's like this weird issue with like the scaling of um, just I feel like difficulty in general, especially with the boss fights. I for one was like thinking, honestly, I think every boss in the game sucks. I think they I think the yeah. the rest of the the like just shooting enemies and fighting um like the normal enemies is a lot of fun but then i don't know and maybe it was coming f- as well being like playing completely solo probably didn't help where like i feel like it would be a little bit better if the- i had like if i was playing with other people but at the same time i i don't really see that as like a uh, an excuse for it to just not be fun and i honestly did the exact same thing with the uh, final boss and i just threw it on one because i'm like i just want to be finished with i just want to get through and yeah yeah Yeah, there there's there's something something about it it's it's broken in a lot of wrong ways but it still remains good in it's tickling something that i i don't know where it is and (laughs) i don't know why but you know be careful about who's tickling you yeah don't don't let the alpha dudes here tickle you that they'll tickle you tickle you too good (laughs) <laughs> okay 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 let's let us move on um <laughs> before we delve into our topic of the show for this evening mitch you and oh, nathan boy. have been meaning to sell the rest of us on a show called the circle let me tell you what do you like trashy reality shows based on something that's really really infuriating no. If so, I got the show for you. So The Circle is a Netflix reality show where they take a group of strangers. Each of them are isolated in their own rooms. It's great for COVID times. And the only interaction the players have is via a social network called The Circle. Circle message. So each player sets up their profile and does what they do. Um, but not everyone is as it seems. There are catfish in the game. People come in playing someone who is not themselves. They'll come in playing a husband or a girlfriend or a famous celebrity, maybe. Yes. It is It is absolute garbage TV, but if you need a garbage TV show to watch, The Circle is, without a doubt, my biggest guilty pleasure when it comes to TV, and it's so bad that it's good. It's... Filling my survivor void that I've had for a year without survivor. Um, I've actually been really excited. I was Googling a few weeks ago. Oh, when are we going to get the second season circle? And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, circle launches in four days uh, out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, no, as Mitch was saying, it's just, it's good trashy television in all the right ways. Um, with like, I will say there's strategic gameplay going on, which I appreciate because I do appreciate good gameplay when you're talking about reality shows and there are people who are playing this well and there are people who are playing it stupidly. Um, yep. Uh, and the catfishing is amazing. Watching people pretend to be people they're not and having to keep that up because once you take on a persona that's not you, you have to live that 24-7 uh, whenever you're involved in it um nathan did you watch season one yes okay so if you guys are going to jump into season two i'm just going to give you a little context by talking a little bit about something that happened in season one the girls all started a private girls chat 
and started talking about how they feel when they're menstruating. And there was a dude in there because he was catfishing as a woman. And this dude trying to jump through hoops and try to explain how he felt while he was menstruating was <laughs> the trashiest piece of TV I've ever seen. And it was glorious in every there, way. I swear there's like a, a Jackbox game, like guess, find the liar or Faking something it, like yeah. that. Faking it, yeah. Faking it, yeah. That is set up almost exactly like that where, yeah, I don't, Google faking it, Jackbox. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Just the fact that it's all done behind this pseudo social network and everyone's isolated is it just adds enough of a unique twist on a pretty formulaic game that it's it's just so I don't know it's it's the most bingeable thing in the world. Like I burned through the first four episodes they put up and they're putting up four episodes a week and I cannot wait for this Wednesday for them to put up four more. Yeah, I guess by the time this comes out, by the time you're seeing this, they're eight up. And the finales will all come, or the the final four episodes will come next week. So I'm so excited. Yeah, no, it's it's really good trash television. I appreciate the crossovers from other brands that they brought into this show, um, and the pseudo celebrity that joined was pretty interesting that I did not expect. Yep. Um, I was on Everyone my. Everyone tr- should be watching the circle. I was on my treadmill watching it this morning, and I was like holy shit what the fuck's going on oh was that you hit the end of episode two yeah 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 i'm yeah, like okay 15 minutes into episode three now so but like if any if anyone out there hits the end of episode two of season two of the circle and wants to talk you can reach out to me personally at mr mitch george on twitter come join our discord server dm me anywhere you can because i will talk about this show all day should all we have day, a circle group in the in the discord server what's the link to the discord server invite.gg slash press yyz cool because uh, yeah i love talking about it too so let me know and maybe we'll have yeah. a we'll, circle cast press circle well may- maybe we will uh set up press a circle, circle chat on the discord server Ooh. <laughs> do you um i'm curious alexo do you have any connection any experience at all with this tv show no hard no. miss uh, on me i'm you, sorry do you want to <laughs> yeah i'm in yeah. the same boat <laughs> I hate reality TV more than like almost anything, <laughs> but also like I don't watch a lot of TV right now. So you'd have to like pull my arm backwards to get me to watch anything, let alone like B tier TV, which I I appreciate and respect from a distance. Mm-hmm. Totally understandable. Okay, with that out of the way, it is time for us to head into our topic of the show for this evening, which is going to be the five of us with myself, the sixth person, the judge, determining and deciding and crafting the very best ever ultimate video game theme park to ever exist. Now, we have done shows like this in the past, uh, which... Uh, the kind of format of this particular kind of show we're about to do is what we like to call Rankin, but really, if you drill it down, it's basically a ripoff of Kind of Funny's ranking show that they did back in the day, whose name eludes me. Debatable. It's been quite a period of time. Debatable. Debatable. That's it. I miss it so much. Um, you get to do it here without, every once in a while, so it's fine. Yeah. 
without spoiling things, this version of our debatable ripoff show is going to be quite a bit different than some of these shows that we have had in the past. Um, the first section of the show is going to be what you normally probably have come to expect from it. Uh, we're going to go around the room asking everybody to pitch their theme park attractions per the theme of today's show. Uh, but then after that, things are going to get uh, interesting. Uh, but more th on that in a bit. Um, Alex O'Neill, mm. are you down and ready to be the first person that pitches their theme park attraction this evening? Absolutely. I just have some right. questions. I, you know, yes. of any course. good theme of park course. has a lot of questions. <laughs> of course. Is there, does there need to be cohesion here? Or is it just, no. you know, whatever? <laughs> no, this theme park is a celebration of all video game genres and franchises to ever exist. Sure. Now, of course, you know, uh, as the show progresses, uh, people can suggest ways that their uh, theme park rides or, you know, other pieces of theme park infrastructure can coincide with work in tandem with other things that other people have suggested, of course. Uh, but you don't need to be like, okay, I'm only going to talk about theme park rides based off of Nintendo platformers or Sony first person shooters, for example. You can be as varied as you want to be. Sure. I got a lot. And there's a lot of variation here. I'll start with my, I feel like this is a surefire hit with the kids, okay. with the adults, with everyone, all ages. Uh, and I'm I'm thinking along the lines. I, I've been to many a theme park in my life, mostly Disney World. Uh, but go Disney, woo! Uh, which I love. But I I know that there's definitely a lot of concepts that are reused in theme park rides a lot. And one of them, one of my ideas is is that for sure, like the movie ride or whatever. Uh, but this one, I wanted to try and I want something that's more new age, uh, interactive. I don't know. How like the that Star Wars ride that everyone thinks is magical works? I've never Rise been on of that. the Resistance. Yeah, yeah, I've not done that, but I've heard it's cool. So incorporating more new age things. My it's Zelda themed, obviously. Got to start. Got to start there. Obviously, first. Uh, Ocarina of Time, Temple of Time. Uh, but and, and my idea is it is an escape room, but like there's no there's no stakes stakes. Like you're not gonna die here <laughs> or anything. But the idea is like it is a Zelda dungeon made into maybe one or two rooms. And it's the Temple of Time because I think that'd be cool. And the goal is to like solve the puzzles in the temple to open a door that would reveal the Master Sword Chamber. And then you like lift the Master Sword and that's how you win the game. And then, like, when, you, then when you exit oh. on the other side, you're actually seven years in the future. And exactly. everything's destroyed and it's apocalypse and you have no idea how to get back. Exactly. No, I we don't have Ooh. to do that, but that, I kind of oh. like the commitment to the bit there. <laughs> Where it's just like, <laughs> you thought you won? Um, <laughs> but I just, I love the idea of like Zelda style puzzles, like maybe one where you have to like push a cube around or something or rearrange stuff or even like Korok Seed style puzzles like Magnetic or something. Uh, and then, you know, you're, you're maybe collecting the, the, little, the emerald and the sapphire and the ruby to put in the, the pedestal to then open the, and the, the mo it's all about the moment that you've done everything and you feel that satisfaction when you put the pendants in and then you actually see like a secret stone door rise. Like that's where all the money's going. <laughs> but, and then, you know, the reward is like that, that great skylight chamber with the master sword in it. I feel like that'd be really cool. It's interactive in a way that is way more fun. It's way more memorable. 
And I think that there are a lot of good ideas at play here. Uh, obviously, we have many more attractions to go through with the rest of the cast. Uh, but for now, Alex O'Neill, uh, your pitch is going to go at number one. Uh, do we have a name for this attraction? A catchy, you know, rolls right off the top of your tongue name to call this? Do we just want to uh, call it the Temple of Time? I feel like the Temple of Time is good. I think Find the Master Sword is like a good subtitle, maybe. Uh or, or something like that. Master like Temple Sword of Time, Quest. The Ma- Master Sword Quest or Master Quest or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Now I'm trying to come up All with right. catchy names. Well, <laughs> you don't have to worry because we'll be coming to you in just a few turns because next up is Alex Bellant. Oh, hell yeah. I'm very glad that you came to me. Um, all ready to go. Um, <laughs> so... I came up with this exactly 30 seconds ago, but I'm real proud of it already. So as you know, um, I'm a pretty big fan of a certain video game series uh, called Halo. Not sure if you knew this. Never heard of it. Uh, And and two of the games, Halo 1 and Halo 3, have something in common. The last level consists of a warthog run where you have to get in a warthog and drive it because something's exploding and you don't want to die. And I think that that would make a great ride of, like, have the the cart that you're in be shaped like a warthog, so you're feeling, like, so it really kind of brings in the immersion, and you could really bring in, like, different... It could be, um... Because I know there are those types of rides that you could do where you have, like, a light gun and you have to, like, shoot targets, so, like, it could be, like... Because one of the, as well, with um, with the Star Wars ride, it's supposed to be um, you're, like, piloting the Millennium Falcon, and, like, every person has something different to do. Those are those are two different rides. So there's the Millennium Falcon, or uh, Millennium Falcon run, and then there's Rise mm. of the Resistance. Right. Okay. So I, I think it would be definitely, like, in line with, like, the that Millennium Falcon ride, um, where it's, like, you could have somebody who's kind of doing the driving and somebody doing, like, the uh, the shooting for it, and you can really bring in all types of really cool elements with that, and just, like, I just think it would be so cool, especially if they did, like, the virtual elements of it, like, you know, you're, like, you got the screen, so you could have, like, the, the music elements, you could be bringing in sort of, like, 3d environments to it like i think that this would be just a really cool ride and really make you feel like you are the master chief about to finish the fight Mm. Mm. i like this all right i I like it there's a lot of good ideas at play i mean both your idea alex and uh o'neill's alexo's idea are both pretty good standout ones real strong off the bat See, I'm a little bit more privy towards Alex's idea, and that's Alex without the O at the end, just because I appreciate the, you know, hypothetical visceralness of what the Halo ride will provide. The Master Sword Quest ride or attraction or whatever you want to call it sounds like it would be a lot of fun. I especially look forward to the moment where you take the Master Sword out of its pedestal at the very end, but... I also can see it being a ride that leaves you confounded for quite a long period of time, especially if you don't really kind of know how to progress through the puzzles before you. So I'm going to be putting Alex's Halo ride at number one and Alexo's Master Quest Sword ride at number two. Uh, But obviously, don't worry, because you will get opportunities to reclaim the throne well into the future, Alexo. So don't be 
too upset by this turn of events because there's always an opportunity to come. You got to cut me early so that way I don't get ahead of myself. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, we got to exactly. knock you down a couple pegs because you're exactly. clearly the best, Alex. Here, quick um, question: Trust me, it's myself. what they do on every one of these shows that I participate in. Blatantly, Alex. Yes. What do we uh, call your ride? Hmm. I'm trying. Um. Because I feel like I wouldn't. I don't know. I had sort it of two. Work with Warthog, yeah. Halo, I, Warthog I, Escape. I I would have called it a Warthog Run because I think that's like a pretty. I think that's kind of what it's referred to as, like, um, kind of for the like, the games. Um, but also, finish the fight would be one. Um, Dri- driving around with my good. big buddy John is that a good one? <laughs> Escaping <laughs> installation four. John. I don't know. Me and my big, my is big, it, my big boy. <laughs> Guilty Spark. What's the name of the last the Halo, Halo one mission? Uh, the last mission in Halo 1 is the Maw, and in Halo 3, it is, I believe it's Halo. I feel like the so why don't you just call it Halo? deep cut reference. It, yeah. I, it uh, could, there's got to be more to it than just escaping. Yeah. I think I think Warthog Run, honestly. Yeah. I think it's All catchy, right. kind of gets to the point. For sure. There we go. And there's some this guy in George. yellow armor who just calls it a puma. Mr. Mitch George, our yes, resident sir. theme park maniac. That's me. What is your pitch for your theme park attraction? I'm just going to say, Alex, the first one I had on my list was Halo Light Gun Ride, and I'm really pissed right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> me too. So I'm going to go with a seasonal attraction. So uh, Universal Studios specifically, and we've seen this with our own Canada's Wonderland here in Southern Ontario. They do these kind of Halloween themed events where they have mazes and like they hire cast members to come out and spook you and cause jump scares and all of that. Universal Studios specifically needs to add a Resident Evil Horror Night maze to their their Hollywood Horror Nights exhibit during the Halloween season. Just a a a jaunt through Raccoon City and Nemesis is off somewhere in the distance. You don't know where. It'll pop up at some point randomly. Like it's never going to be the same spot. So if you want to do the maze more than one time, he's gonna he's gonna pop out at you and scare you in different places you're not expecting. You can have you know the zombie dogs and stuff. All the all these you know mainstays of the Resident Evil series really cause some chaos and and havoc in this uh, gaming themed Hollywood Horror Night. Um, attraction are these dogs like are all these zombified creatures real or are they animatronic uh it would be a mix of animatronic and uh cast members so you would actually like dress people up in costumes and as zombies and then you would also have some animatronic elements that pop up and scare you and things like that okay and are you entirely on foot or are you in like some sort of trolley or um so the way these the way these quote-unquote mazes work at these like halloween themed events is you're walking through the area so it's 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 sort of like a haunted house but we're we're Mm. basically building a resident evil haunted house at this theme park every halloween because who doesn't want to you know jaunt through a resident evil themed haunted house every halloween season Hmm. what do you call this attraction um Resident Evil Escape from Raccoon City. Okay. That's a pretty solid name. I thought so. Yeah, it's uh, overall my like quick review of your theme park attraction, Mitch, is solid. I think it's totally 
feasible. You know, something that is feasible, acceptable. We'll probably get some good scares out of people. But I, at the moment, can't put it higher than number three on the list that we are creating. Too spoopy. Too much spookiness. Too spoop. <laughs> yeah. I went seasonal. I went relevant. Go and do this to me, Cozy. No, made him spoop the saints. That's what, I like that's that what happened. All right, Nathan. All right. Uh, I hope that we have sorry, given you sufficient time to think up the name for your attraction because you are up. Okay. So I've got a few that I've brainstormed up here and written down. Um, so the first one's going to be an Uncharted themed. Um, uh, Uncharted themed. Um, I've got to workshop the name still because right now I have Tomb Explorer, but that's probably too close to Tomb Raider. Um <laughs> So I'm still trying to figure it out. And it kind of is a little bit like Alex's um, deal where basically you're in it like you're looking for a hidden treasure. So you're in like this room uh, or in multiple rooms as you're like trying to solve and get through to the solve, the, uh, find the treasure. But you've got to avoid traps uh, that will be put all over the place. Also, there's a laser gun implementation to it in the cave. So that there will be enemy combatants trying to stop you from solving it. And you have to avoid that and take them out too. And they're not necessarily like they're like people who work for the exhibit. So they're more like stormtroopers and they miss a lot because they want you to get through. But it provides that mm. like action uh, piece that you would get. So if you they get stunned with the laser gun, they like fall down. Um, as you try and get to the whatever the MacGuffin is in this storyline. Because it would be completely new storyline in the Uncharted universe. Are you accompanied throughout the ride by Nathan Drake or any of the other protagonists from the Uncharted series? So, while you're not accompanied by anybody within it, you will get an earpiece that will have Sully speaking to you as you go through. Mm -hmm. telling, like giving you hints and stuff in the areas and telling you what to do. Um, so, like, it's adding a little bit of mystery to it, a little bit of escape room, a little bit of action that's fun to go through. Um, as well as give trying to give you an authentic uncharted experience at the same time. Do you have you in in the time since starting your pitch? Have you thought up a name uh, since I started it? Um, Which is two minutes ago. Yeah, uh, not a lot of time, but uncharted fight for fortune. All right, you know what? I will say this. I will say this, Nathan. Uncharted fight for fortune has been delisted from the PlayStation Vita store. I tried looking for it when I assembled my big list of all the PlayStation Vita games I'm going to download. You can no longer get it on the store, and I was pretty upset about that. I want to get all the trophies across all the Uncharted games, but now I can't on account of the Uncharted uh, digital-only card game being delisted. So I appreciate you keeping the spirit and memory of uh, Nathan Drake's greatest outing alive. I feel like I can't put it any higher than number four on account of the fact that, you know, I think one of the greatest suites of the Uncharted games are all the characters. And I feel like your attraction is a bit lacking in characters. Um, but like I said, uh, with all of our previous contestants, there will be many an opportunity for you to uh, reclaim your position and go for gold. All right, AJ. All right. You're up. So, uh, Thinking back to just absolutely how amazing places like um, 
Hogwarts uh, look at Disney, um, not uh, Universal, and how Nintendo Land, the pictures out of Nintendo Land in Japan look. Um, you know, it just sort of kind of got me thinking, well, why can't, why shouldn't one of the biggest franchises in the last 10 years also have that as well? Um, that sort of treatment. Why not a whole section devoted to Minecraft? You have the aesthetic with all the blocks. You have different biomes where you can do, have various different activities. Um, you could theoretically craft and build your own diamond pickaxe if you wanted, similar to like a, building a lightsaber. Um, you could have various quests that you uh, go on to get the various achievements. Like, um, for example, uh, there's there's one for uh, baking bread, actually, an achievement for baking bread. And you could, just by going to the local shop where somebody's dressed as a villager, going, Rang! like they do <laughs> they you could buy bread from them and you've got bread or something um you you know there's there's so much possibility and you could you could even supplement it because microsoft owns it with say a hololens like activity where you know you could do the 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 ar thing like what they tried to do on the phone but in this in this specific space where there's 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 room for other people to to build things that they've collected along the way, um, in the in this in a virtual section of of the place, um, it's just it's Minecraft is just so ripe with opportunity and creativity that that there are countless things you can do there, whether it be going on through different biomes, going hell, have a whole section devoted to the Nether, go to go to hell in Minecraft. And wow. Yeah, like ha have have a portal. Is that what the Nether walk is? The tunnel, like, yeah, oh, it's it's hell. My kids yeah. talk about it all yeah. the time. And have, I don't know what it means. Have a portal, uh, like a, a, a an obsidian portal that you can walk through, similar to walking through the nine and three quarter platform at the Disney uh, not, uh, Universal Hogwarts, and suddenly instead of the Hogwarts Express, you're just in a in some sort of hell castle, and you have to, uh, you know maneuver your way through that and yeah it it's very very inspiring to me hmm. uh i have two questions sure. question number one is the minecraft section of this theme park that we're crafting procedurally generated every time you enter it or rather every that time that the park opens for the day because every time that somebody would enter it it being procedurally generated that would get weird there would be all sorts of space time continuing breakings that you would have to do i to think the working. virtual aspect that i pitched with like say a, a hollow lens could be procedurally generated if there is like a big enough section cordoned off with sensors and whatnot you walk in with the hollow lens and suddenly there's these other blocks and stuff in your way and you can't see around you got to go through the path but virtually i think and every day it's going to be something different, something you never know what biome you could be in for that, for that section. I think for the main portion of it, because not everybody's going to agree with HoloLens, you have your basic, like your home base. Any Minecraft world that I create, I create like the same tower, the same circle looking tower. And that is my home base that I keep everything in. Um, and then around that is what is procedural for me. So... 
So jumping off of that, can you manipulate the bricks and materials in this world to craft it to your liking? Absolutely. Absolutely. You should be able okay. to mine mine things. You should be able to take souvenirs with you like that. Uh, build a pickaxe like you would at Star Wars. Um, all, all that stuff. Absolutely. Why, why shouldn't right. you be allowed to uh, knock, knock a tree down but it still floats in the in midair somehow by when you gather the wood for it hmm. all right i i, I quite I, I quite like uh your pitch aj i i would not have initially thought of minecraft as a theme park attraction but the way that you managed to describe it to me i think that it makes perfect sense uh i still appreciate the visceralness of the warthog run a little bit more uh however Short of that, I am going to be putting it at the number two spot. Fair enough. So, uh, for those of you who are currently listening to this podcast on audio only... Oh, before I go over the current rankings, AJ, what do we want to call this attraction? Um, well, I guess Minecraft World makes sense. It's Minecraft right. World. I feel like was there not like a Minecraft World mobile game? I think at some I point? believe that was the 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 phone game that was supposed to be like Pokemon Go, but unfortunately it didn't catch on. So adapt it for a, a centralized location yeah. attraction. I, I remember I remember that because when Steve from Minecraft got added into Smash Bros, Sakurai talked about how they couldn't use any music from Minecraft proper, but they could use music from like all the Minecraft spinoffs, like Minecraft hmm. World and Minecraft Dungeons. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So with that, uh, the current rankings are as follows. Uh, in number one spot, uh, we have Alex's Warthog Run attraction based on the world of Halo with five points. In the number two spot, we have AJ's Minecraft World attraction with three points. In the number three spot, we have Alex O'Neill's uh, The Master Sword Quest attraction based on the world of The Legend of Zelda with two points. Uh, in the number four spot, we have Mitch's Resident Evil Escape from Raccoon City attraction with two points. And in the number five spot, we have Nathan's Uncharted Fight for Fortune, hashtag The Vita Lives, with two points. Alexo, mm. are you ready to provide for me your second theme park attraction? Yes, I'm ready. Uh, All right. This one, I'll give you the name. It's Destiny-themed. Hello, I love Destiny. Welcome. So, the, wait, hold on. The theme park attraction is called It's Destiny-themed. No. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but I will give you the name. Uh, I I feel like because I, I liked I'm, I'm just listening to you guys talk about it. I like I uh, Mitch. I like your idea of like a seasonal one. Uh, my idea here would be more of like it's a movie ride. So like think Harry Potter the the movie ride in Harry Potter world uh, or like uh, I mean probably like the Halo ride that we're talking about here, right? Where you kind of you're getting in a vehicle and you're you're kind of looking at the screen, but it's going the, around places as well. The Ratatouille ride, they're opening soon at Disney World. Oh, I didn't know they were making a Ratatouille ride. That sounds exciting. It already exists at uh, Disneyland Paris, and they're bringing Paris it over right. to Epcot. Uh, oh, that's cool. For the 50th um, anniversary. Or, you know, even like uh, Mission, the, the Mission Earth or whatever, Mission Space, I think is the Disney World one in Epcot. That's like uh, you're on like a spaceship. Mission to Mars. Mission yeah. to Mars. Or, yeah, um, the Mission to Mars ride, yeah. I don't remember what it's called specifically. I think, I think it's... I feel Mission, like it's Mission Space. Space sounds uh, right, yeah. 
but um, I'm terrible with names. But so the idea it's Destiny Adventures, um, and it, this one is Saving Soul S O L. Um, so there could be like different Destiny Adventures. Uh, my idea here is it's the for folks that played the Red War campaign, which is no longer available. <laughs> uh, it's the mission where you board the Almighty and destroy mm. it. Uh, it's, it's a very fun mission from the Destiny 2 campaign. It's like the second to last mission, I think. Uh, it's got a standout moment where you're like going on the Almighty, like on a, a trail, like on a track, and you can see the sun just like burning right there. Uh, and then there are parts where you're like going across the, the outside of the Almighty and you have to like go behind these vents where, the, uh, where you're protected from the sun's heat. But it, it's cool because the Almighty is this giant like T-shaped or I-shaped ship uh, that is created to go into suns and stars and destroy them. Uh, so you're like in a Destiny ship chasing it and getting off with Guardians while they're uh, destroying uh, the Almighty. I feel like even for something like this, you could just do the the Vanguard trio. Uh, it would be really cool for, for Destiny fans like uh, mm. Zvala and Cade and uh, Ikora. Yeah, it'd be uh, cool to like get like uh, Lance Reddick and um, Nathan Fillion to do the voices. Yeah, and and like it would just be fun time. Plus, you know, you very rarely get to see the three of them like together, uh, yeah. like as a as a fire team. So it would be fun. It'd be good for Destiny fans. I like it's a really standout mission from that original campaign that no longer exists in any capacity. <laughs> so it also kind of brings it back uh, in a way, uh, and it's it's just like a very visually stellar. Uh, run so like just chasing the almighty going up to it being right there under the sun and then blowing it up and flying off back to earth in the distance i i have a question yeah can you pick your class at the beginning and use specific powers and stuff to kind of that would be like, cool i i like i would want to make it fun for everybody that's why I like the the kind of democratization of it with a movie ride is easy where it's just everyone's sure. kind of doing the same thing um mm-hmm. But I do like the idea of like you know like the Buzz Lightyear ride where you you've got like a different thing and maybe it's like a different weapon depending on which yeah maybe you yeah or maybe it could be like you need to have you need to have a hunter a titan and a, a warlock, a warlock. warlock. Yeah, I like that more yeah it yeah. could be like you could be like yeah like there's giving three out roles sl- like they do in Smuggler's Run the Millennium Falcon ride where each different yeah. person in the ride has a different responsibility yeah. class yeah. it adds it adds also like um wanting Re- to do replay again. value yeah. yeah so it's like oh i played titan last time i want to play the warlock this time yeah uh yeah i think that'd I, be really cool so i just have one question yeah uh on the mission that takes you in very close proximity to the sun um you mentioned how like you have to you know stay out of cover of the sun's rays because it's incredibly hot and overwhelming on the ride version of this we got heat vents we got the the little those little radiators up in the ceiling have you ever been on backdraft at universal studios i've backdraft like that yes okay so it's 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 not going to actually try to melt you it's just no it's just it's you're going to feel warmth it's just to increase the the sun is there okay okay i um i i really think that this there's a lot going on in this ride it's certainly one of the most elaborate attractions that we've come up with thus far um See, here's the thing. Alex's Warthog run has held on for quite some time. And I think that what I appreciate about it is just its sort of simplicity. The fact that it is... Oh, Alex. uh, Sorry, AJ. You have something to say? No. No? 
No, oh, it's Lin Manuel Miranda. You know, no, you know, no, no, no. Yeah, I was in the back of AJ right now. It's yeah, Lin Manuel. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. Now I actually yeah. understand why it's there. So I understood oh, it from yeah. the beginning and didn't enjoy uh, it. I appreciate it's it. It's another Alex. Uh, I get it. Yeah. I love Hamilton. Yes. So this works for me. We have a bunch of. Hamilton's. I appreciate Alex Balance Warthog run because of the kind of sheer simplicity of it. It's just a recreation of this one mission from the end of Halo 1 and, you know, no real. Uh, kind of pizzazz other than that um on the other hand while you're while the attraction that you just pitched uh alexo is way more elaborate i you know obviously that allows it to remain a lot more fresh every time that you go to the theme park you can theoretically have a way more um you know different time than you had last time around so you know what? Considering that, Alex, you're going to be able to go next and you're going to be able to pitch something brand new and avenge yourself, I'm going to put your Destiny ride, Alexo, at number one for now. Nice. What What was it called again? Oh, De- good point. De- Destiny Alexa. Adventures Saving Soul. So cool. Oh, okay. Saving Soul. This is one yeah. of them. So mm-hmm. it's SOL. Uh, leaves so them the, the opportunity to expand for additional Destiny Adventure attractions exactly. across multiple mm-hmm. theme parks. Depending yeah, on fighting division Destiny Adventures, with. fighting Oryx could be one. Destiny Event, you know, you got limitless mm-hmm. possibilities here. All right, Avenge Cage. There's <laughs> another one. Rest in peace, Alex Ballant. I'm ready. What is your second attraction? All right, so this is um, this is going to be something that I feel like is going to be a little sort of outside the box thinking, but I think it could really work. Um, Given, I think one of the coolest things that I've heard about um, the uh, the Star Wars exhibit at Disneyland, um, can't remember what it's called, but I think the the coolest rise of the resistance, is, uh, just the just the area, or just oh, just the so Galaxy's Edge, Galaxy's Edge, yes. Um, one of the coolest things I've heard about Galaxy's Edge is that every single person who works there is in character. And I think that is something that really adds to the immersion of going to this place and feeling like you're in the Star Wars universe. And so my idea... Just sorry to interject. That that applies across the board at Disney. Um, Mm. I've told this story a number of times that my wife and I got engaged at Disney World in 2018. And everything about their customer service experience from the moment you get there to the moment you leave is unlike anything I've experienced anywhere else. If you can... Go to Disney World specifically, stay on property, and just immerse yourself in everything because it's it's such a unique experience. It is something that I really hope that I get to do at some point. But um, so back to the ride, our attraction. What I would want to do is it would be like a little area, like it would be uh, specifically, it would, almost like an escape room type thing where you have to like go into a specific area. What it is is it's the name of the ride is world of assassins and it is a hitman themed attraction and so what it is is you uh have to go in you're like you're you have like this little briefing area where you can like get into costume uh that they like provide for you and you know you can kind of choose like what do you want your sort of your starting thing to look like and the goal is you get briefed and you get told somebody that you have to assassinate and it's a cast member who works there and this there's this full room of people and there's other people who are who are assassins and then there are all the cast members are people who can be assassinated and so you have like this option to like 
you have to figure out this person you have to find out where this person is and you have to like assassinate them and obviously and it would be something like i could see it being like uh, potential like app integration where you have to like um, download a specific app and then like you have to use like the RFID scanner in the thing to be able to um, like get like key cards and stuff like that so you can like move around this exhibit and you have to like be sneaky well you have to do like the social stealth type stuff I just feel like it could be this really cool and immersive experience uh, given like how you know just if if it went all out and like really tried to like create the immersion and you could like um you know with the rfid thing you could have like different weapons and it's like how do you want to kill this person and you know depending on how that goes there could be like triggers that happen in the world so it's like you might have to like get to this certain area and you can't go there unless you have this key card so you have to try and find the person who you can get the key card and it could be this whole like really cool elaborate thing um that i think could just be a once in a lifetime experience I really like parts of it, and mm -hmm. I do want to say up front, Alex, that I really do appreciate that you had a... Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> oh. Not no a problem. Uh, Alex, I want to say, I, I really do like your idea, and I really mm -hmm. do uh, appreciate that right off the bat, you had a great name for it, World of Assassination. I will say, like... Why you can hear a little bit of reluctance in my voice right now is because, again, it reminds me a lot of the uh, complicated and slowness of the Master Quest uh, attraction that Alex O'Neill pitched, but combine mm. that with, you know, a lot more, uh, many more levels of complexity, what with people being split up into multiple teams. You know, when I consider something like Alex O'Neill's Master Quest attraction, I feel like I'm a little bit more privy to that one, if only because it is just, hey, um, you are just one team trying to figure out how to get through the Temple of Time and lift up the Master Quest and travel to the future. This sounds like... And I'm not saying that it can't not work. I can totally mm -hmm. see a scenario where this can totally work, but this just sounds like it has the potential to go over a few people's heads. Oh, so yeah, sure. I'm going to put it at number five underneath the master quest, uh, quest, uh, above resident evil escape from raccoon city. Fair enough. All right. Mr. Mitch George. Yes, sir. Are you ready with your second pitch? I am. All right. Go for I just it. need to remember the name of the attraction I want to compare this to. Um, at Again, this is going to go back to something we've talked about a lot. The Harry Potter exhibit at Universal, they have a, um, a roller coaster that's themed after Hagrid's motorcycles. It's Hagrid's magical creature motorcycle or motorbike adventure. It's got the stupidest name in the world, but it's it seems like a pretty fun attraction. I can't wait to one day get there and, and give it a shot. Um, what I'm proposing is an attraction that similarly has like thematic elements throughout so it's got faster sections slower sections where you slow down and take in a bit of how they've themed the attraction the attraction it's going to be like your your paragliding because this is going to be the ultimate video game crossover ride this is fortnite glider flight 
and you are going to have characters from Street Fighter. You're going to have characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You're going to have characters from across the board slewn throughout this attraction in a way that only Fortnite can. You're going to get all the kids there because if you have a Fortnite ride, all the kids are going to be on that ride. It's going to have a three-hour wait most days. Um, so you're going to be sort of like suspended similarly to an attraction at our local Canada's Wonderland that I can't remember the goddamn name of. It used to be called Tomb Raider. I think it's called Time Warp now for those who are local to Southern Ontario. Um, so basically you're, you're basically suspended on this glider and you're going through this ride. It'll speed you up. Like it'll, it'll shoot you forward real fast at times. It'll slow you down so you can take in some of the, the themed areas of the ride where you're dealing with like the whole, what was it like the Nexus event or whatever happened in Fortnite? I don't play Fortnite, so I can't really speak too much to it, but it gives you the opportunity to have the ultimate licensed experience and bring the world's most popular entertainment property right now, Fortnite into your theme park. It's a no brainer that Fortnite glider flight needs to be somewhere on this list. My one question is, is there yes. some sort of battle royale aspect to this attraction? Are you competing with all the other kids to remain the single person still gliding in the air by the end of the flight or is it just no because it's a roller coaster and that would be dangerous um but i mean the theming Mm. around the ride would be that you are you are landing in the battle royale i don't remember what they call it in fortnite specifically but you're whatever you want to call it yeah it's got a whole themed area around it too where all the video game rides are Um, but no, it it can sort of be the attraction is you landing for the battle Royale and maybe they have stations set up after the event or after the ride, like in the gift shop area where you're going to buy a ton of llama pinata things, I think is a Fortnite. I don't know. Um, but they'll have stations set up where you could play Fortnite and you'll never get your kids out of there and they'll end up spending way too much money, which is great for the economics of your park. Um, it's a no brainer to try to figure out a way to put the Fortnite into a theme park, whether it be here or anywhere else. So. Fortnite glider I, flight is my uh, my pitch there. I will say I do appreciate you playing the economic angle to this particular attraction, which is not an angle we have heard thus far on this podcast. So you do get points for that. It's going to be I, the most popular ride in the park. The kids are going to be lined up for days trying to get on this stupid thing. You know what? You know what, Mitch? I'm going to put your ride at number three. Above Minecraft World, below Warhog Run. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, sorry. I'll take it. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. I just, I this was kind of hoping for a gonna battle royale made, aspect. This is the only one it. that's going to make a theme park some money. W- what's it called again? Oh, dude. There's already a... Halo does not sell the way Fortnite sells. Outpost Discovery, though, is a real thing. Uh, Mitch, Fortnite what's it called Glider again? Flight. Fortnite uh, Glider Flight. Cool. Nathan, all right, you're up. Okay, so this is going to be based on the Persona universe. Um, Ooh, and here we go. The name, because uh, I've already come up with it, and it's a Japanese RPG, so it has to have a nonsense Japanese name. Here we go. Is going to be Persona E Riders. I don't know why, but I just feel like that fits the series very well. The E's for experience. Um, Love it. Um, and so this is going to be akin to it's a small world after all, uh, from, what? from the, uh, from Disneyland, but instead of creepy dolls, you're going through the different, uh, various locations of the persona universe, wearing AR glasses and seeing all the characters and getting to interact with them. 
at the same time, um, you've got the persona music being um, theming the entire ride as you're going through it. So you get different cuts from the, I'm really just focusing on Persona 3, 4, and 5, but different cuts from the music from Persona 3, 4, and 5 as you're going through places like LeBlanc, uh, Junes, The Velvet Rooms, Mementos, Tartarus, um, and seeing the characters in their environments interacting. But then there's also a competition aspect to it where there is a murder mystery that's um, that you have to get the clues while you're going through the ride to be able to solve at the end to get the completion for the mm. ride. Um, so you get all your characters. So you get Joker, you've got main character or fe- male or female persona three protagonist, you from persona four, um, all of your friends are in it. So you get all the access to the characters and they're all voice and they interact with you as you're going through the ride. And with the air glasses, they'll even come up to you at certain points, um, and talk to you. Um, and then, yeah, really, it's just like this combination of, cause what really hit it was persona five has great music. And I was trying to think about like rides, which really capitalized the music. And then I thought about how terrible of it's a small world song it really is as you go through that creep thing. But mm, what if we made it cool that is a and gem. better? Don't you dare besmirch the good name of it's a small world, sir. Um, so you just create this really hip. Um, thing where you get to go to these locations you've never been before seeing their characters in their own environments as they're interacting with everything and they interact with you and then there's a little murder mystery going on that connects all three of the universes together at the same time i mean here's the thing nathan by choosing to make a ride based around persona to begin with you were already going to rank high in my book now i will say this i will say this to be critical for just a second, I feel like the ride that you're describing is good enough without the whole mystery solving aspect of okay. it. Like, I feel like it's just perfectly fine as is without uh, that as just like a, as you said, it's a small world after all inspired ride with, with excellent music. Uh, so based on that, I'm going to put it at the number two slot. All right, AJ, you're up. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, I'm going to post a link into the oh, well, uh, never mind. podcast. Sorry, I was, about, I was about to ask Nathan what the name of the ride was, but I made a point of noting it down because it was that great. Persona E-Riders. All right, go back, um, AJ. I, I posted a link to a video of somebody riding a ride at Universal Studios uh, in Hollywood. It is the Jurassic Park ride. Um, yeah. I have been on this ride numerous times, and it remains anytime i go to universal studios probably one of my most favorite immersive experiences um at, at a a theme park altogether uh what it is is it's I one of those they, water rides didn't they retheme this recently yeah i think they rethemed uh recently to um, jurassic jurassic world, world right? Yeah. right um they've added in more screens but, and interactive elements like that but yeah sorry, they did continue. they did something along those lines but um yeah the uh so what they what it is is it's it's you, you know you're in a boat with a bunch of people and you're kind of it's one of those like theme park log rides right where you know you, you're probably going to get wet at the end uh but it, it at the start it, it starts off very peaceful and you know you're going through what appears to be a log ride version of an automat an automated jurassic park um 
for me personally, I kind of see dinosaurs and and as like mystical weird creatures, especially because we don't really get to uh, experience them in real life. Um, so in a similar vein, imagine something like this, but instead of giant dinosaurs, there were Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And on this ride, you had a camera where you had to try and take the best possible pictures against everybody else in your boat of the Pokemon that they, the Pokemon animatronics that they have set up around this ride. Now you could go into a cave like we're seeing here on screen um, and you could uh, get a little spooky with it, but not too spooky because Pokemon's still for kids, but there, there's something that could be super exciting about uh, this fully immersive ride where all of a sudden, you know what? Pokemon are real. This ride as a kid made me feel like dinosaurs were real, especially um, towards the end where at the end of Jurassic Park, where the dinosaurs start to break out. Um, this The s same thing happens at uh, the end of this ride where you're going through like the facilities and the red lights are flashing and the dinosaurs are screaming at you and falling out of ceiling vents and shit. Um, something similar like could be done uh, in all the different uh, like different sections could be different regions with that hold different Pokemon or something along those lines. Um, I think Pokemon Snap, especially with it right on the horizon here, would be it'd be a great opportunity to. Uh, to to utilize something like this Jurassic Park ride, uh, as as a theme park ride, but with Pokemon. I so I gotta say, when you were in the middle of pitching it, I was like, okay, I like that it's Pokemon themed. However, yeah. you know, one of the main joys that I derive from the Pokemon games is being able to catch the little monsters. And yes. if there's not some sort of catching functionality in this ride, I'm going to be disappointed. Uh, you bringing up the Pokemon Snap uh, angle yep. of it, I think definitely redeemed it. And it's like one of those things where it's like, realistically, you're not going to be able to actually catch any of the Pokemon that are, you know, statically yes. performing their actions ad infinitum along this ride. So being able to take pictures of them makes a lot more sense you are um, capturing pictures of them which yeah makes exactly sense as well and you know what at the end of the ride you can take some of those pictures home with you why not hmm. i i can't believe i'm saying this i love i loved your persona pitch nathan however based on the last minute twist of you're taking pictures of these Pokemon along this ride. I think I'm going to put AJ's suggestion at the number two spot. Okay. Damn. Uh, oh, what is the name of the ride? Let's just, why, you know what? Why, why change a good thing? You know, it's already perfect. Pokemon snap colon the ride. <laughs> All right. I like it. Okay, uh, for our audio-only listeners, uh, the current list of attractions looks like as follows. At the number one spot, we have Alex O'Neill's Destiny Adventure colon Saving Soul uh, with five points. Uh, at the number two spot, we have Pokemon Snap The Ride by AJ Fraser with three points. The number three spot, we have Persona E-Riders by Nathan with two points. Uh, the number four spot, we have uh, Alex Balance Warthog Run with two points. 
Uh, at the number five spot, we have Mitch's Fortnite Glider Flight with two points. At the number six spot, we have Minecraft World by AJ Fraser with one point. Number seven, we have The Master Swords Quest uh, by Alex O'Neill with one point. Eight, we have Alex's uh, World of Assassination with one point. Nine, we have Mitch's Resident Evil Escape Raccoon City with one point. And at number 10, we have Nathan's Uncharted Fight for Fortune, hashtag The Vita Lives. Uh, that means that in total right now, uh, Alex O'Neill has a total of six points, AJ has a total of four points, and Nathan, Alex Fallon, and Mitch each have three points, respectively. <sighs> I looked over at AJ's webcam, and once again, I saw the other Alex lifting up his hand, and I very nearly got fooled. Very nearly, but thankfully, I didn't call it out that time. All right, we're now into round two of uh, this here topic of the show. Uh, this uh, section of the topic of the show is going to go by a little bit faster. Here's what is going to happen. Um, as we all know, attractions, roller coasters, escape rooms, all that good stuff are the heart and soul of any theme park. But obviously, theme parks need a lot more than just those things to thrive. Theme parks need things like theme hotels that are tied to the theme park that are part of the all-inclusive package when you go to said theme park. They need concession stands. They need theme restaurants, gift shops, transportation rides to get quickly around the theme park. Uh, the theme park's equivalent of something like, say, a hidden Mickey that you can find by looking really closely around the park. They need live theater performances, parades, closing ceremonies, and special event days where the theme park is changed in ways that are subtle and not so subtle. And that is what y'all are going to be pitching me on this time around. I'm going to be providing you with um, what specific uh, aspect of the theme park infrastructure you're going to be pitching me on. Uh, and in addition, I am going to have each of you pick from a random number, and based on that, I'm going to provide you with what video game you are going to be theming it around. Um, we... The way we are going to do it, uh, I actually had some good ideas it, for this stuff, and you're going to give me. Oh, there, there, get, may Mitch? Be, <laughs> there may be That's an opportunity you for you to choose your own video game franchise, depending on how things work out a little bit later, Mitch. Okay, uh, okay, but you might want to cross your fingers on that because uh, crossing everything, baby. Yeah. Uh, the way that this is going to work is we're going to do it in the order of the point rankings. Uh, so Alex O'Neill is going to go first. AJ is going to go second. Nathan third. Alex fourth. Mitch fifth. And in addition, I'm actually going to have everybody select and be informed of their video game franchise they're going to be using right up front. So people who are at the back of the pack, like Alex, Mitch, and Nathan, you guys will have a little bit more time to marinate in your heads what your pitch is going to be. Sounds fair? Yep. Yeah. All right. Okay, Alex O'Neill, I want you to pick a number between 1 and 24. Uh, 21. All right. Uh, Ale uh, Alex O'Neill, you are going to be making a theme hotel that's tied into a theme park uh, that is themed around Wii Music. Oh, man. Every room just has that dude with the whoa, drums whoa, 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 just in it. Hold on, hold on. I have to go, <laughs> think, have to go through everybody else first. So that, yeah, just take take the next 30 seconds to ruminate. AJ, pick a number between 1 and 23. I think it AJ? makes me I think he's asking oh, his Google sorry. which one to do. No, uh, I'm going to choose number 11. Uh, number 11. Okay, uh, you have to pitch me a concession stand themed around Shadow of the Colossus. 
Uh, Nathan, pick a number between 1 and 22. Um, let's go with 18. 18. Uh, you have to pitch me a theme restaurant themed around the Raving Rabids. Uh, Alex, Ballant. Yes. Uh, I will Tell me a number between 1 and 21. I will choose 7. 7. Okay. Uh, you have to <laughs> pitch me a gift shop themed around Bejeweled. And finally, last but not least, Mitch, pick me a number between 1 and 20. Whichever number is next to Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> uh, okay, so there are two numbers next to Kingdom Hearts. Do you want to choose one above it or below it? What do you mean? No, I want the one that corresponds to me pitching Kingdom Hearts. No, don't do that. That's not what we you didn't said. get to pick. That's not what you said. I, give him a random uh, one. I'll take, I'll take four. Okay, you actually, you could have very easily chosen Kingdom Hearts because we're only like uh, a few numbers off. Just say uh, Kingdom Hearts to... then! All right, <laughs> Mitch, you have to pitch me a transportation ride based around Kingdom Hearts. So just yes. to be clear, by transportation ride, I mean, like, for example, the monorail or the railroad. I've already got it. To quickly I already get around know the park. I already cool. got it. It's All right, functional, Alex O'Neill. Got it. Yeah. Pitch to me your Wii Music themed theme hotel. All right. It's the guy from the E3 presentation just in every room, <laughs> just going ham on those drums. Uh, no, I feel like this is this hotel already exists. And it's the one, it's like the really boring one at Disney World. It's the, what's it? Uh, music Radio Disney Hotel or whatever. It's one of the uh, value like, hotels. Let me, let me find it, but you continue. Yeah. Yeah. It's a value. I've stayed there before. That's how I know. <laughs> uh, it's uh, just, you know, like different floors or different instruments. All-star music, yeah. In that one, it's like, you know, different genres. Like, here's the, the rock and roll, you know, qu- quarter of the hotel. Instead, it's it's like kind of different musical instruments um, in my mind. So it's like uh, brass, uh, so trumpet, drums, not drums, Jesus, trumpet, trombone, uh, uh, tuba. Uh, and then you've got your, your reed instruments, uh, floor, uh, your string floor and and you get like very very nintendo style hypnotic mind melting sucking your brain forever kind of elevator style music on every floor it's the in the shop channel music every or it's the we we shop yeah basically music it's it's not that exactly but it's that exact vibe and it's just like i think i'm my brain is both turning into butter but also i kind of love it uh it's that vibe every floor all right i'm gonna uh, call this chill. one i'm gonna call this one the mind melting Wii music hotel sounds good absolutely that sounds perfect all right okay uh aj you're up. hi okay so i have to have make a concession stand based around um shadow of the colossus so my first thought was um a, a little bit bigger than a concession stand but let me talk through it for a brief sec imagine the body of a slain colossus and inside this body is a restaurant now Uh, we just need a concession stand here so let's just take the head of a slain colossus and this is the outer theme of it right and you can have some fancy bushes and trees and maybe like some grass and stuff around it similar to the the landscape of the world of shadow of the colossus but at the concession stand um, I do, I do know that there are lizards and there are fruits and stuff you can kind of collect at, um, 
in in the game or something like that um and they like increase your health and stamina and whatnot along with defeating colossi but uh they could be you know serving you know some sort of shish shish kebab and calling it lizard on a stick or something and they could also serve fruit juices and other various fruit salads or fruits at, at this concession stand um for you to walk around the park and and get the nourishment you require. I I, I got to say when I gave you Shadow of the Colossus as the thing that you had to theme your concession stand around, I was concerned that you were going to have difficulty coming up with a basic concept of it, but I really like the idea that you're inside of a defeated colossus head and I had completely forgotten that yeah, there are lizards all over the map of Shadow of the Colossus's world. And so yeah, that's a great idea to eat some straight up lizard meat in this mm-hmm. year theme park. So I think that I'm going to have to put yours at number one. Do you have a name for the concession stand? Or um, you want me to give you one? You can give me one. All right. Um, colossal. I, I always, uh, for whatever reason, I always think that there are two L's at the beginning of colossal, a colossal lizard colossal treats. Treats. There we go. That's good. Okay. Uh, Nathan. Okay. You're up. So I want you to close. And just want to say, uh, going forward, just because we have been running quite a bit long, I'd like it if we kept each of our subsequent pitches to under a minute. Don't worry. You're not going to be penalized for not going as long as we've gone in the past. It's just sort of the order of things at this point. Okay. Can I go now? Yeah, of course. Okay, good. So I'm going to get rid of a lot of the pomp and circumstance. Um, I'm going to introduce you to your new restaurant that's going to sweep the park called Rabid Dash. So it's a medieval uh, time style restaurant, which features a stage show featuring those rabbits. Kids really love the rabbits. My three boys, there's a television show on Netflix and they love watching that rabbit show. So it entertains you while you eat at the same time. All of the um, menu items are featured as rabbits. And not only in the stage show do you have rabbits, and we are uh, employing little people to play these so that we are staffing, um, hiring little people. Um, But we are also, they're going to interact with the crowd and run around and do annoying things that rabbits would do that would entertain kids and annoy parents, which I feel like any good amusement park would do. Um, So you get a good food at a good price with a show, and I think it's a surefire bane of an idea, rabid dash. Okay. I got to say, I'm really happy that in this hypothetical restaurant, you're not having the rabbits directly interact with the humans. Cause I feel like that would be a recipe for a disaster. Of course, humans are still going to be plenty annoyed in the restaurant, but no physical harm will come to them. So that's real good. Uh, I appreciate the medieval times angle to this. I'm going to put this one at number one. Uh, I know that I've been awarding a lot of number one spots here, but these are all banger ideas. All right, Alex. All right. Uh, Pitch to me your pitch. All right. So a bejeweled theme gift shop. Well, there's a few things that, you know, make a gift shop worth going to. Usually there's T-shirts, stuff, things, uh, and like novelty, like candy snack type stuff. And so... 
you need bejeweled clothing. Well, I'm a big fan personally of sort of the minimalist style clothing where you get like, it's a shirt and it'll have like a symbol of something. It's recognizable if you know it, but it does, it's not overtly, this is a shirt for this thing. That's my favorite style of clothing. So you could do a whole line uh, having one type of, or like a shirt that has like a little, like one of the jewels from bejeweled on like the little corner. You could do it having them like have the different jewels down the sleeve. You could maybe have it be like, you could buy like a match three ones or like you can have it be like, they're all like the the same one. So it's like kind of uh, thematic to the game where it's like, you know, that's how you get points in, in Bejeweled. Uh, so that's my idea for clothing. For, for stuffed uh, plushy type stuff, obviously have one for each of the jewels. It would be great. And it would, you know, kind of as well um, really push people to try and get them all or maybe only get like only get the blue diamond and like get like three of them. So you can kind of be like fun and be like, oh, look, I matched them. Uh, Keychain, same thing. You can really merchandise the hell out of this because they're just they're jewels, so it's real easy. And then also one thing that I think could be really cool is you have you know, the candy type stuff. Each of them could be a different, like have a different sort of flavor to it. Um, and also you can, you know, you can gamify the gift shop as well. Go ahead. Uh, what's up? Well, I'm just, you gotta, you're out of time. Sounds real cool. Oh, out of time. Time. Yeah. Okay. You can gamify yeah. the gift shop in any way and make people match three for the things that they want. See, I feel like you should have led with the gamifying aspect of the gift shop. All the That's stuff fair. that you pitch as to what we can buy sounds cool, but I feel like as it stands, this one is going to have to go at number four. Do, do you have a name for this specific gift shop? Match three. <laughs> all right, great. Uh, all right, Mitch. All right. It's Kingdom Hearts time. What you've got is you've got you've got the train, you've got the people mover at uh, Magic Kingdom at Disney World. What can really use a people mover is Disney's Hollywood studios, the park where they've added toy story land and star Wars land. And they've got all these themed areas. You know, what goes really well with themed areas, goddamn kingdom hearts smack dab in the middle of everything. Disney. Um, you've got that banger of a soundtrack that will play throughout the people moving attraction. It's going to be an elevated attraction. It's going to all be themed after the gummy ships in the kingdom Hearts series. Cause that only makes sense. Um, and you'll have themed stations at each of the places where you can embark or disembark. So for the station you've got in uh, Star Wars Land, it's themed after Star Wars and Toy Story Land. Similarly, near Fantasia and uh, the Tower of Terror ride, they're themed after those kind of attractions. But the main station, the main hub is going to be smack dab in the middle of the park right behind uh, an attraction that will be rethemed to include Kingdom Hearts. Because it only makes sense that you would cast a live action uh, actors to join the frozen sing-along adventure in their roles as Sora, D Goofy, and Donald doing literally nothing while the while the plot of Frozen just happens in this stage play. And that's where your main hub is going to be for this attraction. Uh, okay. Calling it Kingdom Hearts Gummy Ship Flight. Ten out of 10. I appreciate you got that under one minute. Can you just <laughs> reiterate at the beginning, what exactly are you riding around in again? Is it a monorail? Is it? it it's like oh, the right, people mover. Right, right, so it's right, like an course. elevated, uh, elevated tram, right, basically. Right, right. I, you know, I will say I do think that well, well, not the best part of those games. I do think that the gummy ships are an underrated aspect of the Kingdom Hearts series. The the best um, part of the games though is the soundtrack, and you've got the soundtrack playing throughout. And the that's attraction. and that's a good point. I'm going to put this one at number two. Are you kidding me? It's at number <laughs> two, man. 
what, what do we call this one? Trash. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Gummy Ship Flight. <laughs> All right. Good name. Good name. I thought so. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to go around the room again and pick some new video game franchises. Um, but this time around, we are going to uh, do it in uh, a slightly different order based on the new rankings. Alex O'Neill, you are going to go first, as usual. Nathan, you are going to go second. AJ, you are going to go third. Mitch, you are going to go fourth. And Alex, you are going to go fifth. Okay. Alex O'Neill, pick mm. a number between 1 and 19. 14. 14. Okay. Uh, you are going to pitch me a theme park equivalent of a hidden Mickey. So some sort of like hidden object that you have to find around the park that's hidden in all sorts of various different ways and forms that's themed around Cuphead. Nathan, Oof. pick a number between 1 and 18. Um, let's go 18 again. <laughs> all right. Uh, you, <laughs> you have to pitch me a live theater performance based around <laughs> Emily is away. <laughs> what an iconic video game to have an attraction for. All right. Um, AJ, pick a number between one and 17. Two. Two. All right. You have two. Uh, <laughs> no, hold on. This one's actually going to be relatively easy compared to some of the other ones thus far. Uh, you have to pitch me a Parade based around Frogger. All right. Uh, Mitch, pick a number since, between one and seventeen. Since I forced oh, no, you sorry, to give sorry, me Kingdom sorry, Hearts, sorry. since you forced me to give one and since I forced you to give me Kingdom Hearts, you pick the number, Cozy. Give him the worst one. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Give him the worst one. <laughs> All right. Give me a second. Yep. Fun fact: if you if you can't stop uh, laughing, you just bite your tongue for a few seconds. Sounds terrible. Right. Um, you have to pitch me a closing ceremony. <laughs> I'll pitch you a closing ceremony yeah. then. Great. It's naked punch out, isn't He's it? He's lost it. Hold on. No. <laughs> if it is, I'm walking away. Make it an actual game, please. Based around... <laughs> it also has to be a game by just, no. Can you what type the it and it? then I'll say it? Let me just sure. give you a number then. Why not? God damn it! <laughs> All right, based around Euro Truck Simulator. There, I said it. Oh. That took incredible force of will to get out of me without <laughs> laughing. It's but you, enough. you forced me into this corner, Mitch. Okay. It's yourself who wrought your own destruction. Uh, you, you have nobody else to blame. This is going to be interesting. Don't worry. All right, uh, Alex, because you're in fifth place at the moment, uh, you get to choose uh, to create a special event day based around a franchise of your choosing. Ooh, Sounds good? Uh, sure. Can I can I All have right. a couple minutes to think about the franchise, or do you want well, to know? Well, I mean, right? you have you can think over the course of me listening to everybody else's pitches. So Sounds good. Yeah. All, All right. right. And what, was, what was it again? Sorry. Uh, a special event day. Special so, like, you know how day. Disney will have, yeah. like, all right, hey, it's Halloween day. It's, you know, our special Christmas ho-ho-ho Santa event day. Like, Got something it. like that. All right. Cool. Alex O'Neill. Go Hello. for it. Tell me about your theme park equivalent of the Hidden Mickey. I love Hidden event. Mickeys also. Shout out to Hidden Mickeys. Uh, this one's a little bit more interactable. I like just hidden cu cups and mugs. Um, and one's 
summer throughout attraction rides one obviously has a red straw one has a blue straw very easy to, to see but the ones that are like interactable <laughs> so they're like throughout the park they have like little saucers on them uh, and you just like turn it on the saucer and it'll play the barbershop quartet song from the game uh, that's like a little hidden Easter egg in it where it's the barbershop quartet singing the take a break song mm-hmm. um, and I think that would be fun I like it I like it I um you know you previously pitched uh, the Wii Music Hotel which had its own musical theme to it uh, I like this one a little bit more because unlike the Wii Music Hotel one you're going to be hearing that music all the time this time it's only going to be occasional so I'm going to put it uh, at number four above Wii Music Hotel uh, the have I feel like you can't really come up with a name There's for no this. No real one. name for it, yeah. yeah. Hidden cups, hidden mugs. Hidden I think cups. Is just what you're that's a, for. that's a good that's a good name. All right. Uh, Nathan, go for okay. it. Okay. So I think I've worked myself up a winner here. Uh, okay. but number one, the name is gonna be Emily is here. And this Ooh. is a live show about Emily and her messages. It's a one woman show featuring improv and audience participation. There's an app that links to the show and you can help as the audience choose what the next thing that Emily does during the show. And then the actress playing Emily will then continue on based upon the path that you've selected as the audience. Kind of making each show unique, driving people to come back to the show regularly. At the same time, we have a residence where we continually change who plays Emily and we bring in famous celebrities, including... Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Lawrence, Julia Roberts, Scarlett Johansson, and Nicole Kidman in As Emily. Um, so creating that star power and bringing people to it. So Emily is here. I think it's a brilliant idea. And I think this is as it constantly changes and evolves and every show will be different with constant changing celebrities will be a bane, uh, will make a lot of money for the park. All right, we have a new number one for the infrastructure section. I can't wait to hear the online forum. I don't know, man. The Kidman years were really overrated, but I really like the the Lawrence days for the Emily show. Okay, AJ, you're up. All right. Okay, so the the concept of Frogger is generally inconvenient, right? It's a frog trying to hop its way across the street uh, and not get crushed by cars. So why not at the at the entrance to the uh, theme park, we have uh, on on the long pathway uh, leading up to the, to the the main grounds. Uh, just uh, at a, a specific time, just a bunch of people dressed in frog costumes jumping across the other way through the crowd, trying not to get hit by the people walking. And that is your Frogger-based parade. If people aren't able to jump out of the way in time, do they get, like, really badly hurt? They die. Uh, I was going yeah, to say maybe, maybe, maybe they get a prize. The park. Yeah, I was going to say maybe they get a prize or something if they, if they uh, successfully kill Frogger. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Do they if jump? you die in the park, you die for real. Or they jump yeah. the line for a vaccine or something. Yeah, or something like that. To power up. I mean, it's certainly an exciting it's a sounding unique, parade. It's a unique twist yeah. on a parade. That's for sure. Uh, 
see, here's the thing. I feel like I can't put put it above something like Kingdom Hearts Gummy Ship Flight because I feel like I'm the kind of guy that if I see people get really badly injured in front of me, I tend to bristle up more than I tend to go, yeah. And sure. something like Kingdom Hearts I Ship would Flight, so. Gummy Ship Flight is going to be, you know, a lot more relaxing by comparison. So I'm going to put it at number four. Sure. Uh, oh, do we have a name for this parade? Um, yeah. Uh, Froggerade. <laughs> Froggerade. <laughs> I like I parade, parade but with frogs. As someone who hates parades, this might actually get me to go to one. Oh, hell yeah. That's the spirit. <laughs> An Finally, endorsement already, steaks. and we haven't even invented it yet. Some real stakes. That All might right. put it above Kingdom Hearts. Mitch, go for it. So we're going to call this show World of Trucks. And what it's going to be, a big staple of the Euro Truck Simulator series, is introducing new regional content. So you're going to ha- basically have a... A cavalcade of trucks from around the world who are all using their horns to play songs which are themed regionally based on the different region they're representing. So you get some truck from, I don't know, Italy, and it's playing some Italy thing, like... (laughs) something yeah uh it's gonna be accompanied by fireworks and projections all in time with these songs that the trucks are playing on their horns you not only is it a closing ceremony show but it's also a bit of a parade as these trucks come in and out of the scenes right um and eventually you get them all come in and you get these really this this crescendo to some really like um you know like uplifting theme of unity and togetherness of global connectivity with a huge fireworks display and it's going to be brilliant world of trucks coming to a theme park near you never because this is a stupid fucking idea <laughs> that cozy man to do it's but i think i pulled it, it off it's a stupid idea but I, I agree that that was way better of a pitch than i was expecting um, goddamn right it was you you can't you can't beat the celebrity star power of emily is here um but i think that i can comfortably put it at number two I can't believe you put this right. above goddamn Kingdom Hearts. What is wrong with you? <laughs> okay. You're never happy either way. I'm never happy when it comes <laughs> to this awesome game unless words. I'm hosting it and ruining everyone else's day. Continue. Alex, you have to right. pitch us your special event day around a video game franchise of your choosing. Okay, so this the hypothetical is that this is a specifically a Legend of Zelda theme park. Um, and so my my special event day would be over the month of October, a, the blood moon has dawned and Ooh. you have a red cast all o- and it only it only takes place during night so that you can kind of like really build up the atmosphere. And you have like these red lights that are kind of like shining all throughout the park so it kind of gives this red glow to everything and there's this ominous music that kind of plays and just everything is kind of themed around the idea that like you know that you're kind of in danger at all times that like the monsters they're they're going ballistic um just like everything and you know people are at uh uneased and that's what i got so it's kind of it's kind of a halloween party for like a nintendo i think world yeah i think they should like if there was do this yeah, like if there I was think, like I a, think Majora's, yeah. I think Majora's Mask would have worked better over a three-day weekend, Friday, that's, Saturday, Sunday. That's fair. I, yeah, I but you stretch cool. it out it over is, the month and you make more opportunities to make money. Disney's Halloween lasts from September to or August to October. I think Universal Studios is similar. Sure. Their Christmas season is like October to December. Weekend. They got to make the money. So it makes sense to try to stretch it out. 
as Mitch stated, like this is the kind of thing that like you could conceivably imagine Nintendo itself doing at one of its own theme parks in the future. I will say I was kind of hoping for just a little bit more detail in terms of like how the blood moon would change the world of the theme park aside from I, making it a little bit spookier. Yeah. I just um, literally don't remember what actually happens in the, when the blood moon happens. In all the, the monsters game. come back. Yeah. The yeah. monsters respawn. <laughs> um, however, because it seems like nobody is in any danger of dying, I am going to put it above frog raid at number five. I'll take it. That- you should have just done the year of Luigi, but it, nothing is different. They just say it's the year of Luigi for a whole year. And <laughs> That's not true. They're going to do it for any of their games. game anniversaries, except Mario. <laughs> all yeah, right. Too, I know, but the whole point is that it's just the same. In terms yeah. of all of our uh, bits of infrastructure in the Ultimate Video Game theme park that we're building, at number one, we have Emily is Here, the live show by Nathan, which is worth five points. Uh, we have Mitch's World of Trucks closing ceremony. <laughs> With three Sunday, points. Sunday, Sunday. We have Nathan's uh, Rabbit Dash, uh, Rabbit themed theme restaurant with three points. We have Mitch's Kingdom Hearts Gummy Ship Flight at two points, which is his, uh, like, uh, what you want to call it? it like your it's transportation your, ride. It's your people mover equivalent. And everyone loved the people yes. mover in Disneyland. People, people, people mover is honestly a, a much better name, a be- yeah. much better way to describe it. Uh, and number five, we have Alex's uh, Blood Moon event with two points. And number six, we have AJ's uh, Murderous Frog Raid with one point. At uh, number seven, we have AJ's Colossal Lizard Treats at one point, which is his Shadow of the Colossus-themed uh, concession stand. At number eight, we have uh, Alex O'Neill's uh, Hidden Cups, which is his Cuphead-themed version of Hidden Mickey's at one point. Uh, at number nine, we have Alex O'Neill's uh, Mind Melting Wii Music Hotel uh, with one point. And at number 10, we have uh, Alex Balance uh, Match 3, uh, which is his Bejewel-themed... Um, shop uh <laughs> it's it's I been want, a long I, podcast guys you're you're too uh, distracted by world of trucks i get it it, 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 it was a significant Bejeweled. moment on this podcast which is worth one point uh all right <laughs> yeah the p- points certainly stand as follows alex o'neill has eight points aj has six points nathan has 11 points alex Ballant has six points and mitch has eight points we have one final round we are only going around the room one last time and it is to do as follows so as we all know theme parks by themselves with all of their various attractions and cool bits of infrastructure in them are quite great but everybody knows that your theme park has only truly made it when you make movies based off of the attractions at your theme park. Look at Disney. They have a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, a Mission to Mars movie, a Tomorrowland movie. Mind you, only one of those movies actually Let's became talk culturally about relevant and proved <laughs> itself a financial success. But the point stands, if we want this theme park to truly stand out above all others, we need to pitch some movies based on the attractions and infrastructure created at the theme park. Now, here's how this is going to work you are not going to be pitching a movie based on something that you yourself pitched. You're going to be pitching a movie based on something that someone else pitched. If I think that your pitch is good, I will make you the original creator of said attraction. And in doing so, you will steal the original pitcher's points. So for example, I could say, hey, Alex Bound, pitch me something. And you're like, okay, let me pitch you a movie based on Pokemon Snap the Ride. And you will get at AJ's three points that he earned for that one. Clear as mud? Yep. All right. 
we are going to start uh, best to worst uh, like last time. Nathan, pitch me somebody else's theme park slash infrastructure. Can we get a zoom in of the list so I can see it? There's a uh, link in the There's a link in the podcast. Chat. Yes. Did I miss the link? Yeah. It's it's near the bottom. Yeah, I can repost it if you need me to. Uh, no, I don't see it in the doc. No, not in the doc. Oh. In the Discord. In the oh, in the Discord. Podcast chat yeah. channel. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, here it is. Somehow I missed it, and I was looking at his screen the entire time. Okay, not this a problem. Is a lot nicer. Um, hell yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so I can't choose my own. You know what? Let's do this. Let's have a World of Trucks movie. <laughs> All right. We're going to base it, it similar to the Fast and the Furious franchise, but with You trucks. stole my fucking shit. Fuck. <laughs> so essentially, we're going to have some several cast members. We're going to do a lot of celebrity stunt casting and maybe even bring a crossover from the Fast and the Furious movie in. But essentially, this is going to be a truck heist movie. Where they are in constantly elevating circumstances in the competition that they do to get these trucks and the situations that they find with that will eventually end them with the franchise ending with World of Trucks 10 with them in space with space trucks as the franchise evolves. We're not just talking one movie here. We're talking about a multi-layered franchise that will have spinoffs at the same time. Ultimately, it's about family. It's always about family. Always. Here's the thing. <laughs> As it stands in this hypothetical universe that you're pitching this movie, Fast and the Furious already exists. And so I'm listening to your pitch and I'm like, hmm, I don't really know kind of what it is about this franchise that sets it apart from the Fast and the Furious. Now, mind you, we've had a lot of Fast and the Furious ripoff movies over the years. But I feel like in good conscience, I have to have Mitch remain the sole creator and proprietor of World of Tanks. What? Mitch, you can pat yourself on the back for that. Such a good pitch. I'll take it. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I didn't think it was terrible. I just, I, I was looking for something a little bit more that would set it kind of a little bit above the grain and a little bit more unique from Fast and the Furious. That's What if I told you there was a love story? Between the is trucks. The love between two tanks or two trucks? No, two of the trucks are transformers, mm. but they're from different <laughs> families. And because they're from different families that are warring similar so wait, to is Romeo World and of Juliet. Trucks just a Transformers movie now? <laughs> All right. I, I would still watch this movie, but I don't think I'm going to be the person that funds it. Okay. Uh, the order that we're going to go for the remaining four people, it's going to be Alex O'Neill, Mitch, AJ, and then Alex Ballant. Alex O'Neill. Yes. What movie are you going to pitch? You know I'm making that Emily is Away movie. God damn it! <laughs> I am here. It's going to star Julianne Moore, uh, who is like weirdly one of the other names I was thinking for the Emily is Away one woman show. Uh, I don't know why she would go with that bevy of actresses, but in my head. So this is an older Emily in a post chat room era. So it takes place like, let's say modern era, like 2025. Uh, and it's her dealing with the the kind of psychological 
regression of not being able to communicate because she communicated mostly through chat rooms when she was a teenager and her finding the the protagonist from Emily's Away all these years later and reconciling that. So and I just want Kyle Seeley to write this movie because he deserves <laughs> it. Okay. So just to be clear, basically it is Emily is Emily from the Emily is here stage show meeting up and interacting with the Emily from the video game. Yes. Mm, I, I really like that idea. That, that and, and it's this kind of like cross generational, uh, you know, meeting in the middle idea right, right. of like, of like the, the kind of, problems with the meeting people in chat rooms and, and the ideas and concepts behind Emily's way, but like brought into like a more character study drama. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bullshit. sorry, Nathan, but Bullshit. I'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> that Alex O'Neill is going to be taking over your Emily is here spot for the time being. Mind you, anybody else can attempt to pitch their own Emily. Wait, is so here. I just lose uh, the points and I don't get we? any points back. No, you got Correct. nothing. That's really bullshit. Yeah, but it's because <laughs> he's game is doing bullshit. what he wants. All right, Mitch. He's just loving this. So right I'm going to pitch my Emily as a way yeah. movie now. <laughs> Fuck over Alex. <laughs> uh, because I had this idea first, goddammit. And what this is going to be is over the last few years, Netflix specifically is who's producing this film, written by Kyle Seeley, of course. Um, they've delved into the realm of interactive media. Oh, this was my idea Netflix. first. They've got a Minecraft series. Give. They had that Black Mirror episode where you got to choose your choose your own uh, your own path. Sorry, Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Yes, thank Bandersnatch. you. Bandersnatch. Uh, what this is going to be is this is going to be not a one to one recreation of the original game or any of the games. You can kind of pick which era you want to live in. I think modern makes sense with it being Netflix. It can be self referential. Uh, and it can be something akin to, I don't know, Instagram or TikTok or something like that is the platform you're interacting on. Um, but it is a user-driven experience where you are interacting with this thing. Similarly, I don't know if you ever saw the film Searching starring, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, from Harold and Kumar. The J John something. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. John Cho. Is it John Cho? John Cho, yes. Thank you. Sulu. Um, where we saw him interacting with his daughter's computer and phone and everything to try to figure out what had happened to her. Uh, and it's going to be similar to that where you're going to have actors portraying these roles and you're kind of seeing their experiences through the screen and how they're interacting with their screen specifically. It's going to just be, you're watching the, the interface. They've got like their FaceTime camera open while they're doing Instagram or something on, on their computer. And you're making all these decisions as you go through as a young man trying to, you know, court uh, an older Emily because we're going to be, you know, kind of post where where that series has been. And um, I think you call it Emily Comes Home since it's home media. And that's your film. I like it a lot. Can you take 15 seconds, Mitch, to just yep. pitch me on the plot? Because I got a lot of the mechanics of how this is going to work, but not a lot of what it's actually about. It's going to delve into a lot of the same ideas of uh, the Emily is Away series of heartbreak and young love and trying to find love in a world that is very much behind a screen as opposed to person-to-person -person interactions and the the dangers of using social media the way you can. So it'll delve into themes of addiction and like social media burnout and, and those kind of things. The depression that can be caused by using too much social media. Uh, all these kind of things kind of coming together is this interactive piece of media through Netflix. 
So here's the problem. I really like Fuck. Mitch. You, <laughs> hold he on, says that I already on, know what he's going to do. I really like your concept of it being this interactive Netflix thing. I also really liked O'Neill's idea of it being Emily from the live show meeting up with Emily from the video game. But like, it really is sort of like an equal 50-50 thing for me. Can we split it? Yes. So you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna split it. I am going to I'm gonna convert the Emily is here thing to two point five points, and I'm gonna bump up Mitch's World of Trucks uh, point uh, value to five point five. I'll take it. So now Mitch and O'Neill are neck and neck with ten point five points. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Oh, virtual AJ. As they steal yeah. my Hi. Well, pitch me. I don't think anything that I do is going to uh, get me up into the lead, so I may as well just have some pitch something that I, if I would you, find. If you either try to take on World of Trucks or Destiny Adventure Saving Soul, you could theoretically yeah. go into the lead. Theoretically. I don't think I have an idea good enough to uh, do either of those. Mm-hmm. However... Um, so I just need to go from the heart here and I, I really want to see the documentary on the guy from the Wii music drums. What's he up to now? What happened after? Did, did what was his struggle? Is he okay? I need to know. I need to know. It's very, the truth it, is out there. It, it's somewhere. What, what is he doing? Is he okay? That is mo- the most important thing we need to know right now. And I, I, it has to happen. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Alex, uh, AJ Fraser uh, just uh, obtained uh, Alex O'Neill's mind-melting Wii Music Hotel movie pitch. All right. <laughs> Takes me out of the lead, though, so you can think of that as a more strategic play. So I appreciate that. Way I to ruin our so. guest's evening. <laughs> Alex. Yeah, I'm never coming back. <laughs> Alex Bell. I wouldn't blame you. All right, so I am going to be going after the Destiny Adventures, uh, turning that into a movie, and essentially, it's going to be quite like, I would say, Guardians of the Galaxy, because you could take, what my idea would be is, how did Zavala, Cade, and Akora, how did they all come together and become a fire team? So you kind of bring in all of these kind of like, these ragtag characters, they're all, you know, you know, Zavala is, uh, I don't remember what his species is. Uh, and then you have a human, you have Whoa, the robot, and it's just like uh, how they came together. It could, you could include elements of the Destiny lore, like maybe it could be something like the first time they fought the the Vex or one of the type of um, main enemies or the, um, the uh, what what are the, the, the Covenant type, um, the ones that like, like the technology, the Fallen? No. The okay yeah yeah it would probably be it would probably be the fallen actually because i believe that is like um one of like the main antagonists that you fight like um on earth especially and can be like how the guardians became how they got their power how they got their light things like there's so much you can really do and to build up a destiny movie franchise would be really cool and i think that this would be a really great starting point and then you can have sequels you can then kind of you know you could then take like stories directly from the game um 
And so it would tie into the ride because I remember Alex O'Neill specifically said that Zavala, Ikora, and Cade would be like leading you through this. And so it would be like, you know, it would take those characters from the ride and bring it to um, bring it to the screen. I would love this movie. I'm just going to throw my two cents out there. Please make a Destiny movie. Much, <laughs> oh my God. much like Nathan's World of Trucks movie pitch, I like yeah. it. My problem is that, again, I just feel like it's it's lacking that, that X factor that Mitch and uh, O'Neill's and AJ's pitches had where it's, you know, there. What, what's the old adage? Like, there are no kind of true original ideas anymore, but you can, you know, still give things twists and i feel like they were able to give sufficient twists to their pitches i would still 100 percent see this movie as well alex but i think that i'm not quite so convinced yet to give it my full 50 million dollar approval i just want to add one thing here video game movies historically have sucked mortal kombat comes out this this week please don't suck and if it doesn't suck please support it so we get more non-sucky video game movies where is Detective 100%. Pikachu 2, goddammit? It, it, it's coming. <laughs> yes. It's coming. They need to figure out how to turn What's-His-Face back into Pikachu again. Spoilers. Yeah, because that was the best part. Yeah. Does Hamilton have anything to say to object before <laughs> we close out the episode? Uh, it's been too long since I've seen it, so insert witty quote here from the show. He says, shoot, shoot, shoot a shot. Right. Yeah. <sighs> With yeah, that... Uh, our ultimate uh, video game theme park uh, creation topic of the show comes to a close. And the winner, despite complaining Woo! fervently throughout the entire period, is Happens none other than Mitch or Mitch George. Oh, shit. With 10.5 points. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have one, yes. one note that, that might be relevant. A little bit of a bummer. Turns out DJ Rabbit Drums, who oh, is no. the DJ guy from Wii Music, is a big Trump head. So oh, maybe wow. we don't want to know. <laughs> Well, what? you know what? The documentary could be on his fall from yeah, grace. Downfall. Like he was... It kind of makes it more interesting. You yeah, can argue like how, also. <laughs> what went? Where did it all go wrong? Where the did Wii it go Music wrong? stage show at E3. That's where it went Drove wrong. Him to Trump and then you politics. just follow his his dive into madness. <laughs> it's just so absurd. What a horrible thing that is. But it's so absurd. I had to share. No, that's <laughs> oh well. A great bummer note to end the show on. <laughs> yeah, uh, in second sorry, place rats. we have Alex O'Neill <laughs> with 9.5 points uh, in third place we have AJ with 7 uh, points and in fourth and fifth place tied we have Nathan and Alex Ballant with 6 points respectively I was robbed yep you, you 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 did a you made a really valiant effort, Nathan, to get this particular topic of the show under your belt, and you had a real great run there. But in the end, Alex O'Neill's Emily is away pitch and Mitch's subsequent Emily is away pitch were just too strong. I apologize. Mm. But it all started with that one man show, which was a great idea. It's yeah. a or one woman spectacular show, spectacular idea. Yeah, spectacular idea. Spectacular idea. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Press YYZ. If you enjoyed what you just heard, uh, be sure to share and subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Twitch. You can also check out at Press YYZ on Twitter to stay up to date on when we go live, and join us on Discord at invite.gg slash Press 
to keep the conversation going. Um, next week's topic of the show is going to be TBD. Uh, over the past few weeks, uh, we've been on a roll on being able to provide you all with a preview of what's to come next episode, but on account of all of our lives getting a little bit busier and more complicated as of late on account of the pandemic and other things, such as Mitch recently having purchased his new home, uh, we haven't been able to nail down what we're going to do on the 28th just yet, so please stay tuned with regards to what's to come. Please be um, excited. Before we sign off, Please be excited, of course. Uh, before we sign off, uh, Alex O'Neill, uh, is there anything that you've been up to as of recent that you want to plug? Um, a couple of things. You know, every other week, Rational Passions podcast is out on podcast services. You can want this video version as well, but it's not edited. So uh, if you're looking for your, your premium podcast experience, I would just listen to the audio version. Uh, this new episode of A Trip to Nintendo Land, a podcast I co-host coming out probably... When this is up, um, with Mike Towntro from 61indie.com, and uh, that was great. We talked a lot about Pokemon Snap there. So if you Hell are yeah. a fan of Pokemon Snap, very excited awesome. for the new Pokemon Snap. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think that's that's really it. There's viewpoints over on YouTube.com slash Rational Passions, like video previews where we sit down and take a look at stuff. There's just probably three or four of those every week, so I would just check those out. That's That's what I'm doing a lot of, mostly. All right. I'll be sure to provide links to all the various things that you just listed in the description for this podcast, uh, both on podcast services and also on YouTube as well. So be sure to check all of those out. Uh, until next time, this has been PressYZ. Thank you for playing. This is our longest episode ever. If you made it this far, thank you, and I'm sorry. Thank you. I have that effect on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, guys.